This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Hello? What do you look like? Talk louder. I can't hear you. Hey, hello? Hello, I can't hear you. Yes? Yes, I don't know. I don't know. The music's almost over. It's time to start the show. It's from Poltergeist, Joel. I, I, no, I thought you were going to say something else at the end. Like, this house is clean. This house <laughs> is clear. <laughs> I mean, uh, it also could be a one-sided telephone call. It kind of was. <laughs> I, well, you said hello. I, it took every ounce of me not to say, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just as creepy, actually. Yeah. Welcome to Big Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our uh, horror pitch show with the Madsons. So fun. good to revisit Had a that. Fun time doing that. Ken, thank you again for doing uh, the, music, edit, the music so and edits fun. and posts. That was a lot of fun to listen to. There's a lot of fun feedback. A bunch of people were digging it. Uh, Jonathan Vascar said, I actually think all of these would make terrific movies. Pumpkin Spice could be a smart horror comedy. You've seen Basic Instinct. Now see Basic Girl. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. And then over on Facebook, Drew Kimball says, Okay, I'm suspending. I'm okay suspending a bit of reality for the sake of the movie, but I can only go so far. You lost me at saying Matthew Lillard was playing a relatively normal guy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Five, six, seven. Eight. He wasn't normal after all. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. And then a shout out to Reverse Listener, who actually went through and, and gave comments on each one of the stories. So he says, Zach's is mine. That's me. I'm Zach. Hey, Zach. Hey, Zach. Uh, hey, Zach. Uh, it's Boyhood with Mummies. Joel's is horror movie for those who hate cloves and GPS. Mm-hmm. Kent's was a horror movie about a horror movie without Samara or any ring. Yeah. Then he said with Brian's made the Ardennes even worse. Oh, and then, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then the combined story, best story, not going to spoil it, but wow, this one turned out fun. All tier one. Really? Okay. Thank you, Reverse. That's Asia. awesome. We Thank appreciate you. that. We appreciate you, the listener, and we also appreciate our new patron. Bow, 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 yeah. bow, bow. Todd Callen just became a $3 hey. patron of Bacon Sale, which means he has access to this Bacon Bit we just released last week, as yep. well as all the Bacon Bits that came before it. Yeah, Todd is a legend. Yeah. Todd's great. I, oh, awesome. Say, he yeah. sent us a very nice email. It was heartwarming. Uh, it was touching. It was it was nice to hear from. So thank you, Todd. Honestly. We appreciate you. Yeah. We appreciate out. your support. Great. And we appreciate your patronage. We hope you like the Bacon Bits. We hope you do, too. They are something. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Also, kind of sad announcement. Mm-hmm. Well... <sighs> <laughs> you can't nose no, blue. That, that, yeah. uh, this is worst. our last uh, Halloween-related October show mm-hmm. for this season. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a sad, it's evil a laugh? Sad, evil laugh. Listener, can <laughs> I relate to you for a second? I, I got the sadness that falls upon these two, especially mm-hmm. when they realize that we're going to have to record an episode in October, not related to Halloween, really because upset. of the way the release schedule works. Yeah, we're still going to turn off all the lights, though. Yeah, of yeah. course, it's something. It is. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are talking about haunted houses. Ooh. Haunted houses. Yeah. Wait, didn't we kind of talk about haunted you know, kind locations? Of. We did. We talked about locations. Yes. Lovely Banff. Yeah. In the <laughs> Lovely Banff. Hotel. Lovely Banff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but we didn't talk about like the, the, the houses themselves, what haunts them. And then a bacon sale staple. We didn't talk about movies related to them. No, heavens yes. no. Uh, when, when Beaker was on the show, we, we discussed more real life locations around the world. This is more of our monster of the year. Yeah, this yeah. is our folklore episode where we give our bacon cell approval for a monster. And this year it is haunted houses. Because we have done zombies, vampires, witches, werewolves, witches, werewolves, werewolves aliens. Yeah. You know, ghosts, ghosts is too broad. We've been trying to do ghosts for years. Yeah. 
we we had we said Ghost is one of the ones, and we're like, there's so many movies out there. There's mm-hmm. so much folklore, and it's like, how how often can we talk about Patrick Swayze? Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> more than it's we so, already do because we've all been stuck at home for a year and a half. Now we're like, let's talk about home ghosts. Yes, <laughs> that sounds so, less scary. That's the way we 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 narrowed it down in kind of this arbitrary way. Yeah, where we said we're going to talk about haunted houses precisely meaning kind of a singular location this is not ghosts that follow you around everywhere oh. from place to place to place nah, possessions next year oh. <laughs> we've talked about that too yeah <laughs> probably not gonna do that yeah, probably not. Uh, bad juju what uh, we wanted to do today is we want to talk about kind of the history of haunts yeah the different types of ghosts. how to spot uh, how to make sure if your house is haunted or not now i do also want to confess that in the past as we talked about aliens or witches or werewolves mm-hmm. or vampires like all those ones with zombies all those ones we just talked about yes they scare me those movies scare me but ghost movies are what truly scare me really this is is this your favorite of the horror genre i feel like this is the best genre of horror i mm-hmm. feel like these these ghost stories really are the ones that kind of hit close to home that feel like they could happen in one form or another I feel like it is that way for probably Zach as well, but definitely me. I'm not afraid of being attacked, right? Like I'm six foot two. I'm a dude. Like I'm not. Yeah. Face huggers are terrifying, but they're meant to be terrifying for men as well. Yes. But I'm not afraid of something attacking me or like a werewolf or whatever. They'd be scary, be horrible. But I am afraid of ghosts. (laughs) You get attacked by a werewolf and you're like, "Eh, whatever. But I'm afraid of something that might be hiding under my bed. I'm afraid of something watching me at night. And yes. granted, there's a not a lot face of looking at you in the mirror. Right, there's not a lot of bodily harm in these movies. They're not the body horror standing movies. behind you right now. Stop it right now! And but anybody okay. who says otherwise, you. You, you know you've been there. You you click off the light and then you run away from the dark. You room. run up the stairs as fast as you can. We, yes. we we've all done. Not it. because of werewolves behind you, because probably yeah. a ghost. Exactly. Yeah. So I agree. This is, I think, the highest quality, and we'll get to movies as well, but highest quality of movies and highest quality of fear for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is definitely one that gets me and my wife. My wife, she'll watch a zombie movie and, and love it. Hmm. But if ghosts are involved, she's like, mm, I don't know about that. It's interesting because a lot of ghost movies are PG-13. Oh, yeah. This is actually one of the cleanest genres we mm-hmm. have, too, because mostly speaking, ghost movies are bloodless. Yes. Uh, mostly speaking. Yeah. Uh, but also there's, you know, they are. Most of these are, like, all the other ones we talk about, they're a lot of rated R movies. This one had, uh, like, some Gs. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true. Gs and some PG-13s and some R's. G well. for ghost. But no. I want to talk real quick about the a brief history of, of haunted houses. Please do. Like we said, this is a huge topic. We are in no way going to be comprehensive in this because we only have a very short amount of time, one bacon cell episode. But the earliest surviving report of a haunted house comes from a letter written in the first century AD wow. from a Roman author named Pliny the Younger. <laughs> <laughs> His dad is probably so disappointed. Uh, Pliny. Uh, but he wrote this letter to someone else and he described a haunted uh, villa in Athens. And nobody apparently would live in this. And the line between fiction and nonfiction is kind of blurred here, whether this mm-hmm. was a real story, whether one he just made up. Well, this is the show we're on right now, too. We're taking this all very seriously. Right. But with, with his letter, it yes. was like it could be a work of fiction or it could have been actual events. But apparently no one would live in this house until this philosopher named Athenondrus. Uh, I'm going to Athenodorus. You know, you're supposed to let Zach read those names, that's right? That's Athenodorus. Right. Uh, but he was tempted by the very low rent and decided to move in. And then a ghost with an old, uh, an old man with a long beard bound with chains appeared to him one night and beckoned to him. And then he, he like, came over and he disappeared from the spot. Then he started singing, we're Marley and Marley. <laughs> 
The guy marked the spot, and the following morning, he requested the magistrate to have the spot dug up where they found the skeleton of an old man bound with chains. What? So the ghost never appeared again after the skeleton was given a proper patrol. And that's like, you know... The theme I took from that is that rent has always been too high. Yeah, but it's very low. There's ghosts. By the way, I found this also a fun fact. In a 1991 court case, uh, Stambovsky versus Ackley, the Supreme Court of New York ruled that a seller must disclose if a house has a reputation for being haunted. The Ghostbusters mm-hmm. ruling. What? That's what they call it. They call it the Ghostbusters ruling. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And it's that. official. They they talk about this. They declared an actual house, a haunted house. New York State did. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, parapsychologists do, they have kind of an explanation as to why these haunts may occur. They say if it's a kind of a tragic or accidental or angry death, mm-hmm. then there might be a residual spirit that stays around the house. Due to the lack of closure. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. They call it the sixth sense rule. Uh, but yeah, they, Do they? No, they don't. <laughs> Earlier, I, I jumped forward a little bit. They were going back, usually in, in like Britain, the uh, hauntings were attributed to fairies. That was kind of what they did back in the day. And by the way, fairies were not these cute sprite creatures. Yes, they were fairies would take your children. Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm seriously was thinking about boats. Boats? Like large. No, not fairies. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not, Across not the channel. Ferryman. Yeah. I was like, huh, that makes sense. Uh, and then in Middle Eastern countries, uh, jinn, uh, yeah. genies are, are said to haunt certain areas. You think about it. Nowadays, uh, people generally go to the hospital uh, yeah. when they're feeling ill or, mm-hmm. or injured and may pass away there. Back in the day, well, it was all house calls. Back in the yeah. day, people were dying in their houses all the time. And so they became a natural place where people thought, that's where people would stay if they yeah. died in that area. And people tend to get creeped out if they buy a house or live in a house where death has occurred, which is a lot of places. It's you know? got to yeah. be. Yeah. You think about it. And you can actually find out now. You can find out. You can research if, if someone's place. died in your a home. A realtor should tell you. They're supposed to tell you when you buy a house, but you can actually look it up online as well. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Back when I was living in Provo and uh, there was a house nearby where I lived and some girls lived there. And so, you know, we wanted to get an inn there. Of course. And... We heard that someone had been killed in the house. And so oh, we went over there. That. We went over there as quote paranormal investigators. <laughs> they, I mean we were we were we were in the same church ward. We, you we showed up with other. the soft blanket. <laughs> I'm an investigator. But we were like, oh hey, you know, this is ha ha funny. We're gonna investigate your house. And there was like this this weird crawl space like halfway up the wall that was just dirt mm-hmm. inside, and that was kind of creepy. And we were all having a good time, ha ha funny. And then we found out it was true that there was actually a tragic event there where a guy was killed by his ex-stepson, where he the stepson acted like a buyer who was coming there, and the guy came over and he ended up shooting him. Like, it was actually wow. kind of this tragic event. Hmm. And it really did ha- kind of like... It, it's funny how ghosts, ha-ha, funny, but then when you get to kind of the tragedy of what may have happened and what may cause the spirit to be there, all of a sudden it gets really real. Usually in, in real life, and we will talk about this during the show. Tragedy does happen either before or after these supposed hauntings as yes. well. And so they're very sad stories. Now, just to put it out there mm-hmm. for you guys, do you believe that uh, houses can be haunted? Yes. I, I, yeah, more or less. Okay. I, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to like the specter thing as much, mm-hmm. but I'm big on energy. Like in in the world, because you've been drinking that Red Bull all day, oh. <laughs> um, and I definitely think that you know that that unsettled energy from people who've passed on absolutely remains within a dwelling, mm-hmm. no question. I would say the same. I think residual hunting is probably more common because that energy is kept somewhere because of maybe what happened during a death or a really traumatic event, mm-hmm. and so I do think that is kept somewhere. 
but I've experienced something where I can't quite explain it and I don't know how to either. Do you care to share? I will share. Are we sharing little personal ghost stories right now? Sure, go for it. Okay, so this is on my LDS mission and I was having a sleepover with there were four of us guys in this one giant living room because it's weird, but there were the two beds in the living room and two guys were on the floor because <laughs> that's like a missionary how people, apartment. Yeah, that's a sleepover. And it was after everyone was asleep, all the lights are off, and then all of a sudden I hear the guy who's like a couple feet away from me, he just starts talking. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's talking in his sleep. My eyes are closed. And he goes, oh, done, done. I thought that was you. And I was like, excuse me? And he goes, I thought that was you. I kept my eyes closed. And he goes, I thought you were standing right above me at my feet looking down, but I thought it couldn't be you because what he saw was a black silhouette about my height. Mm -hmm. So a little bit above six feet, standing right above him, couldn't see the eyes, but he knew it was looking at him. And this was right by my feet as well. And I am freaking out because I'm kind of a pansy when it comes to this stuff, like I said. And yeah, and this guy was very serious. And uh, he said, yeah, it was standing at me, looking at me. And then it turned around and disappeared into the the other room and just kind of dissipated. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Your eyes are still closed at this point. Absolutely. I didn't open them for like a half an hour. I think we lit a candle to make ourselves feel better about the laying (laughs) in the room. It didn't help. And so we sing a couple of nice yeah, a church. Flickery, a flickering light oh, is going to help. help. Yeah. We sing some church songs <laughs> to feel better. That helps. And then we all fell asleep eventually. The next day I found out from talking to people in the neighborhood that similar to the story you told, there was a uh, couple living in the house maybe two years previous. The woman went out to a bar, paid a couple of guys $1,000 to come back and kill her husband. And oh they stabbed gosh. him to death. And this is down in Australia. We should clarify, this episode may not be for kids. Yeah, yeah. So they killed him, and then apparently that's how they got rent so cheap at this place. Yeah. And I always felt, even before that and especially after, but always felt watched. Mm -hmm. I always felt dark and watched in that place, and I was so happy to leave that apartment after that. Other than that, just bumps in the night that I hear, uh, you know, where I live currently, and I kind of go, oh, it's the pipes or something like that, probably, please bless. Yeah. Yeah. and, And with me... I, not really. Like I, I'm, a, I'm the optimistic skeptic. Where I'm like, like, you want to see something? No, it's more like, oh, if I see something, that'd be cool. I don't want to, but it'd okay, be cool. Okay. But I don't think it's going to. Like, because in all my years of loving scary things, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, look, your dad has been obsessed with scary stuff for the longest time. I've mm-hmm. never seen a ghost. Never have. I've had weird things happen, but I usually couldn't explain it. Away. You've for been example, on a few investigations, though, so true. you do kind of want to see something. Though, well, right? it's more, it's more like kind of. Well, it's just cool to hang out in those places yeah, after hours. Okay, like, so. For example, well, for example, we were doing uh, my buddies were doing a movie and I got to be part of it. And so we we're doing the shoot down in Springville, Utah, mm-hmm. at a juvenile detention center, an abandoned juvenile detention center. Wow, I believe awesome. they filmed one of the Halloween movies there, if I remember right. But it's just run down like it is. It's just abandoned. And it's it totally is like what you expect an abandoned juvenile detention center to look oh, like. Totally. And uh, we were walking around kind of exploring the place in between shots. And uh, we walked into the uh, visitors area where, you know, you got the glass in between and mm-hmm. you have the, two, the seat on the one side and the seat on the other side. And so we all walk into this room. Can we walk there together? And we start talking about, you know, how this place probably is haunted and like how there's probably ghosts here. And we know we don't know about what happened there. And then we turned around to walk out and there was the dead bird just laying like in the doorway. Now, we didn't hear anything hit or wasn't there before wasn't, didn't have to walk over that's it. what we don't know okay like we turned around and we were just like when did that get there and you know it was it was it didn't like disappear as soon as we touched it we didn't touch it but it was real wow but we were looking at it going how did we all walk over that and not see it 
But I, so that was like, you know, one of the one of the times when I went, I can't explain that. That was weird. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't anything like super supernatural. It could have been just we were so focused on, oh, cool. It's this room like in the movies. Right. And that we got distracted and just maybe stepped on it. I don't know. But then my friend also told me that there was uh, someone who uh, had to stay overnight with the film equipment in the truck outside the building. And they were bored and decided to go inside and wander no, around at one no. point by themselves in the dark. And they were down in the in the basement boiler room area, which is, we went down there and it was definitely creepy, like definitely movie quality creepy. But he was down there in the boiler room by himself and all of a sudden he heard running, mm. full sprint, coming towards him, just mm. running at him. I hate it. And then running away, like he mm. had run through him. Wow. And I, I remember he told me that, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stick with whoever's with me. I'm not going anywhere by myself. Because I am a chicken in that regard. It's not like I'm, I'm not going out there and meddling. I'm not going out there and parading. I'm not inviting any of this stuff mm-hmm. out there. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like I said, the, skept- the optimistic skeptic, where I don't believe, but uh, be cool. Mm. But I don't want to. Jeez. Zach? Yeah, well, so for mine, so there was this lady who um, inherited this like old, pretty good-sized house, and she thought that there was like stuff going on in there. So she actually hired uh, my dad to look into it. Um, so we actually ended up like kind of staying at this house so he could um, sort of investigate what's going on. And then uh, it actually turned out that there was this like specter that, that was there. Uh, and he and I actually became very good friends. You the specter? Uh, he's, he's very friendly. Is yeah. his name Casper? Yeah. Oh no! Sorry, I thought I thought it was Christina Ricci for a second. <laughs> oh, you I wish. <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah. I was like, that, sounds familiar. Then in that case, no, I, I no, yeah. I really, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's that I don't open myself up to the possibility as often of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't really have personal yeah. experience in this realm. Well, apparently, in a in a 2005 poll, 37 percent of Americans, 28 percent of com- Canadians. And forty percent of Britons express the belief that houses could be haunted. Yeah. So, well, like literally all of England is haunted. Yes. That's what it feels so. like. <laughs> and then uh, apparently in two thousand nine, another survey about twenty nine percent of Americans believed they had been in touch with someone who had died, like a personal wow. encounter with a ghost. I mean, it's a whole industry of the medium industry, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you think about it, like uh, haunted houses. They, mm-hmm. they they make these commercialized haunted houses now, yeah. so people can have kind of the spooky experience walking through. Some of which they put in buildings that are reported to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a quick fun fact here. Okay. They started doing haunted houses in around the time of the Great Depression. Like, like. Do you mean like spook alleys? Spook alleys. Okay. They started doing spook alleys it, during the, the Great Depression to distract young people who were uh, just vandalizing and mm. causing like destructing, uh, harassing people, and destructing things. Really? Destroying things on Halloween night. So they did that as kind of a way to distract him. So they had him go. It's like, like pay people, $40 to get scared by a drama kid. Not exactly. Well, not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by a drama kid who's volunteering and not even getting paid. Precisely. Uh, no, they actually like people would dress up their, their houses. Oh, okay. And they would go into each house wow. and kind of see the different uh, decorations that happened there. But uh, it's just fascinating to kind of read through here. I, I read another thing in Japan. There's a tradition linked to Buddhism uh, where I'm not going to say this word right. It's Obikiyashiki. That sounds Obikiyashiki, pretty good. Obikiyashiki, but ghost houses mm-hmm. in the, in August. And they believe these people go to these houses and listen to like frightening stories and or see uh, they'll like decorate it for their ancestors. And they they actually go there in, in hotter temperatures to experience the shivers that happen from going in there because they believe these places have ancestral spirits. That's a sign. Yes. Uh, some people say that there's, that's a sign of a haunted house is cold mm-hmm. spots. 
Yeah, and so I want to get into that. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the type of ghost, because it's not just like haunted house ghosts. It's not just one type. There are many types of specters or spirits that people see or experience. Victorian? Actually, That's they're all it. basically Victorian. Pi- pioneer why, style. Why are there no caveman ghosts? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Where are the caveman ghosts? <laughs> Where have all the cavemen? Yeah. <laughs> you can make it more sound more scary. But I want to talk about the different types. And we have already talked about residual huntings. Yes. And like we said, this... Residual these, hunting? Your residual haunting. Interactive haunting. Yeah, they, they, these are the ones that they're kind of they're remaining there. Yes. So if something traumatic or violent happens in a location, it is negative energy blasted into the area and imprints into the area. And the interesting thing about these is these entities that people experience do not generally know that you're there. In fact, they're just doing their own thing. There's no interaction. It's just they're reliving this horrible event or maybe even a good event. It's just energy. Ooh, like the woman in white. Yes. And so. They don't know you're there. They're not trying to scare you. And this could even be like the sounds of a party. If you walk into a big room, like a big banquet hall, yeah. and you can hear music, singing or laughing, and or it's empty. Like we talked about Winchester Mansion and the Stanley yeah. Hotel, how you get the whiffs of perfume right. from someone walking by. Totally. That's a residual type haunting. Yeah. But you also have things like poltergeists. Mm-hmm. And these, uh, that's translated from German, means noisy ghost. And these are malevolent, uh, dangerous uh, usually type, invisible type beings that can interact physically, like knock stuff off mm-hmm. uh, shelves or push people around or scratch people like that can happen with that as well. Would you be as scared with the poltergeist? Yeah. If like if your th- chair's moving across the room? Uh, okay. Does, that, does the, that kind of interaction make you feel less scared about it though? I mean, I would never want to be scratched or pushed. I, I think I'd find a poltergeist more scary than a residual one. Agreed. Because the residual one just doing their own thing. Yeah, we're going to ramp up here a little bit. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, also, you have wraiths. A wraith ghost is someone who uh, is on souls on the verge of death mm-hmm. or those who have recently passed on. These are usually kind of restless and vengeful spirits. This one this one thing, I, I was looking at a couple different websites, and one of the websites said, the wraiths have the unique ability to not touch the ground and go directly through doors. And I went, oh, that's all ghosts. Yeah. So I don't trust that site. <laughs> anymore. Oh, you don't trust that site that specifically? Side, I was like, yeah, totally no, no, invalid. Yeah. Wait, so can wraiths like interact with you? They seem like these may be ones that kind of just mess with you more. I think okay. the poltergeists are more physically interacting. I don't know if the wraiths can. I'm not an expert on this. This okay. is uh, Joel research, so it's very quick. Oh, Joel research is plenty good. It's it's a jack of all trades kind of research. Okay. I'm not a master of any of these. But we are paranormal experts after this episode. Oh, okay. After this month, I mean, come on. Yeah, basically. Right, right Tim? And we kind of talk at like generally ghosts there are the ones that don't affect you, don't want to communicate, but there's the interactive ghosts. Yes. The uh, personality ghost or the interactive ghost, these are the ones who appear in a form similar to when they are alive. They walk, they talk, they acknowledge you, they... They, they, can, so- they can touch you. Yeah, sometimes they, they just want odors. some help. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not... They're not... I don't know. I feel these are more Casper ghosts in my mind. That's how Do I you? picture these ones. Maybe. But if someone has a bad personality or an evil, yeah. sinister don't personality... Don't date them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's your advice for the Christina Ricci over here. <laughs> uh, you, can, I, you can date me, Kent. <laughs> oh, can I? Yeah. Thanks. And then there's also like portal hauntings or funnel ghosts, which I've never heard of these terms before, mm-hmm. but we're all very familiar with what they are. Uh, like you said before, these are frequently associated with a cold spot yes. in the house or many cold spots. They can be a wisp of light, uh, orbs. Orbs generally pictures, yes, you yeah. See the little light, and uh, you know, circles. I've seen orbs. Yeah, I'm not. It could be dust. It yeah. could be the exposure. You know, it, it can be explained away, yeah. right? But they do say they call it portal or funnel because these portals they're known doorways. 
that could be in your house and I they play kind that of game. appear or not. Yeah. Yeah. And one's orange. One's <laughs> they have blue. a gun. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cake is a lie. <gasps> no. Yeah. But these, these could be unexplained myths as well or strange shapes. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a personage. And then lastly, we're not going to spend too much time with this, but uh, demons. demons. <laughs> um, so these are powerful supernatural beings. Like you said, there's a lot of crossover with demons and other things. And I feel, yeah, if we talk about like a, a malevolent force in a haunted house, mm. people can go right to demon. But I yeah. feel like demons are more personally attached because they really, they seem more vindictive in nature. Yes. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on them, but they can attach less, themselves. The less we dwell on them, I think the better. Okay. So they attach themselves to objects and they, they can inflict mental and physical torture. Yeah. They can morph into any shape and can be witnessed as black masses standing in doorways. And you shouldn't challenge them because there's a possibility that they could kill you. I would say this is the one that could actually physically harm you. Yeah. So we'll just uh, move beyond that. Moving on. Hey. See you, demons. (laughs) I do want to talk about, if anyone's listening, I know they're coming to Bacon Cell for the supernatural advice. Yes, that's what what people come to us for. (laughs) Every year they're like, are they going to do it this year? No. They they talk about fast food. Yeah. When are we going to get to supernatural advice? I need to know if my home is haunted. And we are here to tell you. Yes. How to spot if your home is haunted. So I have a list here. Yeah, so do I. So uh, go on. I'm just going to read through these real quick, okay. okay? Strange noises in the night. Doors and windows left open. Strange smells. Items repeatedly strewn across the floor. Things move from where you put them. Electronics left on. The feeling like you're being watched. Sleep disruptions. Someone messing with the thermostat. Oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> this is if you have kids list. Oh. Ah. Ha ha. Dad jokes. Your house is haunted a lot, Joel. Oh, my gosh. And it's your fault. I cannot tell you how many times though like there's been some weird noise or i'll wake up in the night and my daughter's just like standing there in the doorway what? and you know you just get you, the kids do this where when you have kids it's hard to tell if your house is haunted or not <laughs> there was one time that we came in the house like late at night we were coming home from my parents and we walk in the door and i just hear children singing we, we're all outside yeah and children are singing in my in my basement what because someone had left the, the radio on and it was like primary songs or something oh, like that. Oh, super creepy. And I just went, you know, this is why yeah, I can't no, tell if my house no, is haunted or not. Yeah. Because kids, kids make that. Well, you anyway. bring up a good point, though, because they're loud and yes. they make noises in the house. But kids, I think, are more conducive to communication. Mm-hmm. I, I think their imagination is, is that much more open and they have less doubts than we do. Mm-hmm. And so you see this a lot in movies, for example, yes. or in some of these these uh, tales of, of lore that we're going to talk about. But kids can communicate with spirits. And I think it's... Generally, you should probably listen to them based on what I've seen in movies. Yeah, but I think if they know that, they're going to mess with you. Oh, really? It's like, my imaginary friend told me that I should have Skittles for breakfast. <laughs> what are they going to do to me if you don't? Yeah, like, okay, here's your Skittles. I mean, you've I mean, you've had your kids draw scary pictures, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Me too. And they draw these pictures and they're like, look, mom and dad. And I've seen so many scary movies that I'm just like, don't overreact. Don't overreact. Yeah. Oh, looks good, honey. <laughs> Who's that? It's my imaginary friend with red eyes. Why her, like, yeah, ah! why her eyes bleeding? Exactly. Why is the why is there blood on the knife? Yeah, sometimes kids are just messed up though. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was probably the same way, but it's it's important to pay attention because I think as adults, and yeah, believing in ghosts is not for everyone. No. Thinking that there's something haunting your house is probably not an okay thought. I this, but, this, this is the optimistic skeptic of me coming out. I think eighty to ninety percent of haunted house stories could be explained logically. Doubters would say it's carbon monoxide leaks. Some people say that, yeah. That are causing you to imagine this stuff. But I think we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Even like in places I've lived, I've heard noises where I'm like, why did a drawer just open upstairs? 
Yeah. And, and it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think, look, it feels pretty harmless. It's almost like a spider. Like if it's over there somewhere, it's not going to bite me and I'm not going to start talking to it. Yeah. And just like you said, your list of what your kids may do mm-hmm. are actually things that a ghost may do to show you it's there. Yes. Like so, moving things, like let's say your car keys, you put them somewhere mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're somewhere else or yeah. something you really need to find because some can be troublemakers. Yeah. Ghosts, not kids or ghosts and kids. Yeah. Or okay. ghost kids. These apply to all ghosts and yeah. kids. And then also like you hear noises cold spots uh smells like smells like perfumes or rotting meat is pretty common as well and that is negative energy if you smell something like rotting meat oh totally is yeah i mean generally generally yes exactly negative vibes if you're smelling rotting meat i don't like rotting meat yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know what do. Feel very negative. I'm a big a fan. Poll right here says two uh, percent of people like the smell of rotting meat. You know, I made that I, up. I go to Rodigio and I'm like, hey, where's your uh, rotting meat? Oh, can you bring that over? No. Uh, but also, Boy. sudden changes in our emotions. Mm-hmm. And granted, this could be more attributed to just psychological stuff. But if all of a sudden you get quite depressed for no reason, sometimes it is that negative energy that is affecting you from an outside source. Well. The one thing people don't talk about is that, you know, they talk about, oh, uh, can I bring up a personal story? Kent? Yeah. Oh, please. On you, bacon sale. <laughs> you had a you had a spoon. <laughs> yeah. You had a haunted spoon. Correct. You got a haunted spoon from the Amityville house. Yes. Their actual Amityville house. Yeah, from the Warrens, from the and Amityville house. I'm not I'm not saying this is true. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm just saying that we you had it in the shadow box and it was don't touch the spoon. It's in here. Yeah, it's sealed. It, if you touch it, it'll kind of, you know, it, you're, you'll be haunted. You'll Bad be cursed. Vibes. And it, the box got broken. And mm-hmm. we, we had it in our office at work, and the box got broken, and the spoon was out. I did touch the spoon at one point. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah. But after that, like, there were layoffs, and there was emotional trauma, mm-hmm. and all this stuff happened. And I feel like a lot of people, when they think of, oh, being haunted, it's like, oh, a ghost is scaring me, boo. But I feel like a lot of time when people get involved with these kind of things and get, you know, kind of the negative energy going, their life just stinks. It's yes. not like fun ghost haunting. It's like their life is terrible. They're feeling cruddy. Yes. They're feeling angry all the time. Like there's a negative emotion attached to this. People don't, that they don't think. Well, about. and it's interesting you say that because and whether or not the spoon, there's any validity to that. Right. Bad things can happen. And sometimes we can, well, all the time, you can explain a company failing and having to fire people or people quitting or people having bad attitudes on very physical things. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. But what if? Hashtag blame the spoon. Yeah. What if it is someone dropped the shadow box, it broke, was treated very disrespectfully by Jacob. <laughs> and because he was in the he it was yeah, under his yeah, care. That's true. And then that business it was gone within a year and a half. I can look at that and say, well, there's a reason I don't want to bring it into my home because I don't want those vibes in my house. Right. And even me saying that gives the spoon a little bit more power, I yeah. believe. Because I'm like, I feel it can do something. So I'm going to leave it here at work just to curse the workplace I left. Well, it's like, if I may bring this up on the show, mm-hmm. Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bring this up because I was going to say, look, if there's a way to communicate with the dead, I highly doubt it's on a mass-produced plastic at toy Toys R Us. from yeah, Mattel or whoever yeah. makes it. I doubt that. But when you start introducing, when you start meddling, when you start inviting, when you start introducing that stuff into your life, there is an energy there that I feel can negatively impact you. I feel like it's uh, poking a dog with a stick. Yeah. You can do that and the dog may just look at you and be like, okay, go away. Yeah. But if you do that enough, you never know when you're going to get bit. Yeah. Which is why when I hear something, when I experience something, they say to not investigate your own home, for example. Mm -hmm. You never want to know what's in your own home. You just live peacefully 
with the banging at 3.30 in the morning. You know, you don't want to know. Bread. She wanted a piece of bread before she went to bed. Standing in the doorway. Yeah. Father. Yeah. Oh, if they called me father, that would be weird. Yeah. So, but I want to know if my house is haunted maybe so I can move. Only investigate if there's actually a reason to investigate. Don't investigate just for investigating's sake. Yeah. Because, okay, well, what would you do, Joel, Zach, if you guys were in a home and all of a sudden you saw this black cloud show up but you're watching tv it shows up like i check right the oven over. first of all yeah that's true but it's right in front of you or you see a person mm-hmm. a person's shape what would you do i would try to explain it away to yourself yes i would try i would try to put my brain back in the ignorant state like you, your eyes were just fuzzy and you yeah. kind of just something happened yeah be like wow what did i eat today yeah truthfully okay i i'm a religious man i don't think that's a surprise to anyone listening sure. to Vegas. i'm a religious man and I would definitely hold to my religion at that time. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe that uh, those uh, who have uh, priesthood power are able mm-hmm. to command evil to go away. And I rely on that as kind of this comfort blanket. Yeah. And I'm like, if anything were to happen, I can call on that power and banish that thing out of the here as quickly as possible. Like that's okay. one of my truth. That's that's kind of the, the hope I cling on to, honestly if something bad were to happen. Oh, that perfectly segues in how to get rid of ghosts. Yeah. That is a very personal way that you could get rid of it. Uh, it that is a very theological way yes. to yes. take care of that. And there is definitely theological ties to spirits. Yes. Uh, religions all around the world teach about an afterlife, teach about the interaction between the afterlife and this life. And one of the main ways they say you can, and I've, I've watched a lot of episodes of A Haunting, which we'll get into mm-hmm. later, but uh, is they call in a priest. Yes. Or they call in a religious figure to bless the home. Yeah. Uh, bless or an exorcism if it is that extreme. Yes. And that would be the most extreme. Yeah. But there's a lot lighter ways too. For example, a lot of naturalistic ways. Burning plants and herbs mm. in the home. Like for example, I haven't heard of a few of these, but some of them I do know. But agrimony, it wards off hostile That's magic. That's what you pay to your spouse after you <laughs> get divorced. Agrimony. Yeah. And, oh, it's true because it rejects evil spirits. <laughs> and uh, also valerian. Uh, Valerian incense. Valerian steel? Yeah, but apparently it helps ward off evil spirits as well. A cilantro wreath rids your home Ew. of negative energy. Cilantro, right? That would re- that would banish hey, me from the like home. Like if you're making sweet pork burritos, you just grab a little bit of that wreath. A little sprinkle, that's okay. Yeah. But, cilantro's but gross. never burn cilantro because it can increase negative energy as well. Well, because it smells terrible. <laughs> it makes your house smell like It tastes like soap. Soap. What do you soap. got against cilantro? I don't like cilantro. Are you anti-cilantro? I am. But just a little bit. Is no, fine. there's very few dishes where I feel like a little <laughs> sprinkle of cilantro will be okay. But mo- like bed- Beto's, they put way too much cilantro in the The food. ghosts of one. The ghosts of one is at Beto's. <laughs> Save it for the herbs and spices show, but I don't think... Th- I think you're herbs a little off base. No, I was going to say, a lot of people don't like cilantro. I can look up a scallop pull for you. But also, you can get, like we talked about, theological or naturalistic. It's priests, Wiccan priestesses, spirit releasers. Mediums can help deal with spirits, but also do your research, right? Mm-hmm. Different religions or different people will have a different way of dealing with the spirit. So do your research of maybe what kind of spirit you might have. Yes. Maybe talk to a few, kind of a consultation. Yeah. And then see if that's actually appropriate. Because we even talked with Beaker on the other show. They're mm-hmm. invited to clean houses yeah. as well. Some paranormal investigators can do cleansings of home if, mm-hmm. if they know what to do and how to do it. One thing I found, by the way, speaking of cleansing, one article that I read talked about give your house, just clean your house. They said like actually clean physically it. cleaning ah. your house. Can I throw everything in the closet? Ri- <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, they'll just haunt the closet. But uh, giving your house a good cleaning will actually the ghost might stick around, but they may be better behaved. Like you may be kind of in, improving the energy and the aura of your home. Uh, they also recommend something called a floor wash, 
which is really? uh, to neutralize the energy of your home where you can boil water with lemon and cinnamon, which uh, sounds pretty that's, yeah, that looks nice. good. Uh, this is Italian folklore, by the way. And they say, or you can boil bay leaves, and then you put the cooled solution uh, on the floors, like wipe down the floors and door handles to help kind of soothe any kind of bad energy in the house. Uh, also, another recommendation they give is just to talk to the spirits. When you say talk, like ask them to leave, communicate yes. what they need. Communicate with them, ask them if they know they're dead, try and communicate what's going on, communicate that they're not welcome or to not mess with you. That's not appropriate. They say having an open and audible, frank discussion with any entity that may but be But is that inviting them in a little bit? Because you're you're giving them an audience. I think this is the point of, if you're if they've you're acknowledging them because there's kind of like you know they're there. Like I wouldn't recommend just doing this in your house just for fun. But if you have mm. seen a presence or have heard a presence and just letting them know, eh, you're not welcome here. Yeah. That seems to do a lot of good. Uh, Weirdly, I do the same thing with spiders. You're not welcome here? I just try to have a dialogue. Yeah. Like, I'd like you to go. Where were you a couple weeks ago when it was crawling on my hand? I was laughing at you squealing. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like, you were supposed to communicate. But if it is a malicious presence, uh, there's you should not be alone. If you do try to say, you are not welcome here, I'm, I will banish you. Mm -hmm. it, apparently, it incites a little bit of anger. Speaking of demons... They are afraid of the color blue, and many of... <laughs> That's why they're not in my house. Yeah, I'm a BYU blue fan. <laughs> well, other reasons as well. Oh. But many of them will not cross water, so painting your doors and window shutters blue can sometimes trick spirits into believing the entrances to your home are surrounded by water, which can keep them away. Wow. So these, uh, obviously, very superstitious things, like horseshoes we talked about in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. Pouring salt across the threshold, uh, supernatural style. Yeah, precisely. Also, I found this interesting, uh, and this is maybe more East Asia, but some cultures believe that evil spirits can enter a home through the plumbing. Furthermore, it is believed... So you're saying don't have indoor plumbing in your house? No, so get this. Windows and doors and plumbing near the northeast corner of your home are an entranceway for spirits. I'm thinking of my house right now. I know. It could be haunted. Okay, I think we're good. Are you good? Yeah. And then, you know, there's things like uh, having a saint's medal or a stone blessed by a shaman or priest can help. And wind chimes are a sacred object as well, so placing them around your home can, can help drive away the evil spirits. Yeah, but then that just makes weird noises. Yeah, it's I, I think it's quite creepy, actually. What, the sound of wind chimes? Yes. You know they find it soothing? No, creepy. Huh. And, but if all what else, if you hear wind chimes and whistling? Oh, whistling is the worst. <laughs> There's a guy whistling in my parking lot the other day, and I Ooh, ran. Yeah. I ran. But if all else fails, learn to live with your ghost. And it sounds like, Zach, that's what you would do. Probably. Yeah. You would just ignore it? Like, as it's like scratching your arm? Like he also lives there. So lived, it's your house now. Lived there. It's his time. Yeah, you're paying rent it's for a mortgage. It's your time, Zach. It's your time oh, wow. down here. No. Also, to protect your home from this kind of thing, mm -hmm. I just have this kind of general rule. Don't invite this stuff in your house in the first place. There are certain things you sh probably shouldn't do if you don't want to kind of invite that bad energy or possible hauntings in your home. And staying back there, far back across the line, will keep you pretty safe. So uh, another personal story. Here's a little spooky story. And Joel, okay. I'm sure I shared this with you. Years ago, we were called to investigate a mansion up in Ogden. Mm -hmm. And it was one where a, a man took his own, own life. When we did the investigation, not very scary. Not much happened. And so we did the uh, investigation. I went home. And the next night... I was putting my oldest daughter to bed and she was probably five and just saying, okay, good night. You know, let's, you know, like I'll tuck you in. And then all of a sudden she's staring beyond me, staring over my I shoulder like that. I in, like into that. an open closet. And by the way, I still close the closet door when I sleep. I can't sleep with the closet door open. It's my superstition. But anyway, she's looking into the clothes in the closet and I was like, hun, what's going on? She goes, it's looking at me. <sighs> And I was like, what do you mean? And remember the night before I went into this place 
where I will kind of ex- not explain how the death happened, but you'll kind of get that. And I said, what's looking at you? And she said, there's a face and it has one eye and its mouth is wide open and it's staring at me mm. and it's, it's just kind of looking at me. And I said, okay. And I got the chills, obviously. You wet your pants. It, totally. And I ran to the closet and I just kind of do this whole like hand skim across all the clothes. Yeah, that are on hangers. Yeah. And I'm like, hun, is it anywhere here? Are you seeing anything move? Like, is it gone? She said, no, it's still there. And my hand is in the closet at this point. And I'm like, okay, okay. And, you know, I did the very theological thing and made sure that anything was gone. Yeah. yeah. And then she came into my room and then, <laughs> you know, we slept in the bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we're fine. We're fine. And uh, the next day, like I was like, okay, and during the day, nothing scary, but I'm like, okay, we need to talk about this next night. I was like, do you still see it? And she goes, yeah, it's there. And I, I go into the closet and then she started laughing and she told me because I did think it was the spirit of the man followed me home. And mm-hmm. this is kind of going back to you saying, don't invite negative energy. Yeah. I thought I had, yeah. like maybe I hadn't taken the proper precautions after fun ghost hunt. Normally after you ghost hunts, you say, if there's anything here, you can't follow me home. Yes. And you kind of take those type of precautions. But she did tell me the next night that she said it oh it must be that and it was a sweater vest that had an open armhole but she said it was like looking at her with an, uh, an open mouth and then an, uh, one eye so she was just seeing a face inside of a sweater she was and i said oh that is such a relief but then the very next day i'm like hey yeah that's crazy at least it's not there it's nothing and she says oh no he's still looking at me oh god and i was like i don't want to even know we're I, not playing I, this game honey i pulled a zach at that point like it can stay there yeah <laughs> we'll just good. close the closet door yeah, yeah. Well, and also they say don't uh, sleep with mirrors facing your bed. Oh yeah, that's what they I say. Agree. I've got two huge mirrors. You do on our on our dresser that just face right our bed. I would never fall asleep. I'd say Bloody Mary be gone the entire time. <laughs> well, I don't I don't say Bloody Mary at all when I'm near those mirrors. <laughs> just don't want to invite that stuff in. That, that makes sense though because mirrors are no, known as those portals mm-hmm. that things can enter through your house. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, so there you go. There's a little bit of uh, facts for you to help. Uh, not get those in the house in the first place and then get rid of them if they do. Yeah, or move out. Or Hopefully move renting. Out. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that because uh, now we're going to talk about some real-life hauntings. And we say real-life in the sense of they are purported as true stories. We may or may not believe they're true, or you may not believe they're true, but just we're going to purport them as that. And I would like to hear like how your stories compare to mine because I, a lot of mine have to deal with really horrible killings that happen in homes. We're going to try to keep the- it... Yeah, I will try to clean it up a bit, but um, and then also the spirits that came before or after or may have caused people Mm -hmm. the madness to commit these atrocities. Yeah. Full confession, mine all come from a haunting. (laughs) Oh, they do? Yes. Okay, okay. So there's a TV series called A Haunting. I believe it was on Discovery Channel back in the day. And it was just these uh, poorly reenacted, sometimes reenacted well, but mostly poorly reenacted mm-hmm. stories where like they'd interview the people and then have actors acting out the parts. Cool. Do you want to just jump back and forth? Sure. Okay. So this house, it's called the Whaley House, and it was built in 1856. Whaley House? Whaley. W-H-A-L-E-Y. Okay. And it was built in San Diego. I think most of my stories are just from American history mm-hmm. for the past 150 years. Yeah. It's funny because I would say more ghosts probably exist back in old Europe, but <laughs> haunted so. houses feel very American to me. It feels like a very big part of our culture. It, I think it does. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe we just love it. Maybe we just live here. Because Halloween is a big thing for <laughs> yeah. us, too. And we yeah. live here, yes. Yeah. Thomas Whaley built the house in 1856 in San Diego. His son died of scarlet fever, 18 months old. Like, very common thing back in the day. But soon after that, a fire broke out in the house, and 
they, they moved out for a little bit, came back to renovate it. And they were like, we don't know how the fire started at all. And then 20 years later, his daughter, who was getting married, realized that uh, her husband was only marrying her for her money. And so she did end up taking her own life. And so the family was starting to fall apart because they already had a couple children die. And then in between all this time, like marriages, engagements crumbled, the family's health failed. The Whaley's did claim before this and after this that a poltergeist was in the house. And it was a man named James Robinson. And before they built the house, it was a cemetery. So they built the house on a cemetery. And this man, James Robinson, was hanged on the property. And they're saying that he walked the house and moved stuff around the house. And they're saying he's the reason why madness was caused or Mm -hmm. early death was caused. And they said there were always footsteps in the house. Uh, People walking by the outside would always see when no one was home, they'd see apparitions walking through the windows. And then they could hear the baby who died of scarlet fever, Thomas Jr., is said to cry and giggle in the distance in the house. And you can hear his infant footsteps. And then the daughter who died haunts the second floor of the house. And granted, as we do here in the States, these become tourist attractions. Yep. Right? And so you can spend money to, you know, stay a night there. And you're supposed to hear something or you want to hear something for the haunted. I mean, it's kind of what we talked about in a previous episode. But yes, the mansion is full of cold spots, smells of perfume. And then Thomas, who built the house, can be seen wearing his top hat and coat from the top of the stairs. So deaths happen. Tragedies happen. This is a place you can go. You can go. The Whaley It's called the Whaley House. Okay. This is from an episode of The Haunting. And this is, they made a movie of this. It's called The Haunting in Connecticut. But it was this, the, the, uh, the episode of A Haunting, that really kind of, that's what introduced me to this. So mm-hmm. this is back in the in mid-80s. Ed and Karen Parker have four children, Bobby, Paul, Corinne, and Mark. And Paul is receiving uh, cancer treatment. And so they move to this house that's closer to the hospital. And after they move in, they find out, they go downstairs, and they found that the house used to be a funeral home. Oh, great. And there's oh. like... There's a morgue downstairs. So much energy there. And uh, like at one point, I remember in the in the episode, they're wheeling around on this metal table just around this room. And I'm just like, Aah! no. But then after they, they discover this, they start seeing kind of different apparitions, including these dark shadow people mm-hmm. and this man in the suit, they call him. And as uh, Paul, that's the kid, when he gets starting to get better from the cancer treatment, his mental health starts to worsen and he starts to become violent and unpredictable. He attacks his favorite cousin. He writes these dark poems and like starts, you know, being very angry at other people. And they, they're going to have him committed to like a mental hospital because of what's happening because he's starting to act so differently. And he keeps talking about this man in the suit. Hmm. And before he leaves, Paul warns his family that once he's out of the house, this evil is going to start attacking everyone else. Like he was the focal point. And sure enough, once he left, Everyone starts having all these experiences. Just bad oh, things wow. are happening to them. And actually, this is one where Ed and Lorraine Warren, famous investigators, mm-hmm. came in and did an exorcism on the house, which then banished the spirits away. And, and things got better after that. Okay. And I try to have a happy ending. It seems like, okay, I'm just going to say this right now. It seems like all episodes of A Haunting either end with them bringing in a priest, burning sage, or moving. That's the only option. And is it good in every case? Like, does moving help? Usually, usually that at least that's when the episode ends. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> you're like they're fine, they're yeah. fine, right? Yeah, the Warrens came. Well, speaking of the Warrens, thank you for the segue. You're welcome. So we've probably well, a lot of us have probably seen the Conjuring movies, and one and two are good, and the one and two are great, and uh, yeah, and then it did changes. I see, did I see three? I don't know if you did see three. It I came out remember. this year. Yeah, I don't think I saw it then. And granted, when a scary movie says based on a true story, you say uh, yeah, okay, how much? Uh huh. 
So I want to talk about the events of Conjuring 1, and this is with the Perrin family, and this is yes. in 1971. So at first, like, there wasn't this big reveal of, like, this major basement and all this hidden stuff, but the mother, Carolyn, noticed a broom would go missing or, or would be in a different place where she put it. And she'd hear, like, something, like, scraping in the kitchen when she wouldn't be there. Dirt piles would appear on the clean kitchen floor, and she's like, okay, they, she had a lot of kids, mm-hmm. but she's like, this is a little bit weird. So she started researching the house and the previous owners. And there were several members of the previous owners' families who had died and several children who in the house's history had drowned in the creek nearby. Several children. Mm. And uh, and then there were also many people uh, hanged in the attic. And so just mm. death everywhere. And so in the movie, they talk about this spirit, Bathsheba. Well, she was a real person in the 1800s. I'll report, I'll Not re- the biblical figure. Yes, but yeah. she was a reported Satanist. And granted, we all know how history treated certain people, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and treated women, especially. We talked about this on our witch show. Mm-hmm. But she was a reported Satanist. And they say that she may have been involved with the death of a neighbor's child. Carolyn thought it was Bathsheba. They'd often smell rotting flesh. Beds would rise off the floor. The Warrens did visit. And they did a seance. And it caused Carolyn to become possessed and, and her chair to rise up from the ground. Though different from the movie, no exorcism was done. Because when the husband came home, they talk about the husband being like, save my wife. When he came home, he kicked out the warrants. Oh, wow. And he says, no, this is about my wife's mental stability. Get out of here. And so they lived there. The warrants stayed in the house and just kind of lived in poverty. Like it was a really hard life for him. And then when they finally moved, the haunting stopped. Wow. So that's just kind of like the movie glamorized it being like the warrants saved the day. Everything's fine. But it's just kind of like, we'll stay. It's just going to be kind of miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. My next haunting episode is from season one, episode six, Lake Club Horror. Okay. Uh, this one was about, I wanted to bring this up though, because this was one where they had, it was a dance hall. It wasn't necessarily a house. It was, it was a dance hall back in the seventies. And this is 1974. They moved to this, this, uh, it used to be a club and they turn it, they kind of revamp it, start doing construction. And then just weird stuff starts to happen. Like they, the guy walked, like heard piano. Someone was playing bad piano. And so he wanted to go tell him to stop playing. And there's like no one in the room. Been there. Uh, there's <laughs> talentless ghosts. <laughs> there's uh, glasses will fly off the, the bar. Uh, like when they're filling up drinks, all of a sudden they'll fly off. There was one where like a woman went to go give a, a drink to a, a patron. And it was full of chocolate, which I was like, hey, thanks, yeah, ghost. Bonus. Yeah. But then also like people reported chilling blasts of air, like just these really cold blasts of air. Uh, with people, customers, and and employees feeling this and just kind of freaking out, which I was like, that's eh, the 70s. Maybe air conditioning wasn't great. True. But one bartender uh, ends up walking in this room and seeing this disembodied head just floating there, and the head says that one of the owners of the club is going to die soon. Not as a threat, more as a kind of an... Yeah, prophecy. Of, of, yeah, sure. Prediction. Heads up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they, they obviously they, they freak out and they uh, end up kind of doing some research and finding looking through old photographs and he was actually they recognized the woman recognized him as a former bartender at the place Ooh. at the at the club and they brought in a psychic to help and to help the the spirit cross over. However, two weeks after the incident, Harold Henderson, one of the original owners of the club, died at the age of sixty nine, and he was. He was the he wasn't employed actually at the bar, but he was the owner of the building still. He had been for a while. Wow. And so this ghost probably thought he was still an owner, but kind of creepy. To yeah, think no about. thanks. Yeah. Yeesh. Okay, so the next place I want to talk about is called the House of Death. Granted, I think a lot of these places have probably been listed um, or been the focus of true crime podcasts. Yeah. But we're giving it the more haunted spin. So the House of Death is in New York and it was built in the late eighteen fifties. 
and the original owner died in the home, like as very common back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Apparently, there are 22 spirits in the home. One of these is Mark Twain or Samuel Clements. He stayed there from 1900 to 1901, so just for a year, and he didn't even die there. And obviously, like he did not believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like he was a big time skeptic, yeah. but many people have claimed to have seen his spirit there, mm-hmm. which is weird because he didn't die there either. His spirit actually has talked to people and said, my name is Clemens and I has a problem here. I got to settle. And then he'll disappear. Does he sound like Matthew McConaughey when he yeah, says that? I got to settle. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And I think it was 20 years after that, there was an actress named Jan Bartell, very popular actress, actress back in the day. She experienced a monstrous shadow moving across the room and so she brought a psychic in in 1957 and the psychic said there were several people buried under the house so you know and this is pre-civil war when it was built and so yeah people buried under the house so bartell was like i think i'm gonna i'm gonna get famous from this i'm living in a possessed house Hmm. and so she started writing this book called spindrift about the possessed house spindrift spindrift one word and it was obviously more fictionalized and she embellished quite a bit but she wrote the book and as she was writing, people started dying. Ooh. Like it started with dogs. And it's like, okay, a family pet died. And then people would get sick or uh, have a heart attack, uh, suicide. Uh, murder happened. Like 10 people died within the span of this book being finished. And after she completed her manuscript, she died mysteriously. Jan Bartel died. Mm-hmm. So the book is published. She's dead. And then this is horrible and i don't want to get too much into this but then jump ahead 30 years 1987 there was a man living with his girlfriend and kids and he was high on heroin one night and in in this he yeah um yeah the committed murder and uh the lights are said to still flicker in the room where that happened even today so just they call this house of death because it has such a horrible history yeah and yeah not fun. This is a very grim episode. There's not a lot to laugh at here. We try. We try to laugh. Hey, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Joel, just do the twilight laugh you do. Nope. It's still terrifying. Dang it. My next one comes from Haunting Season 2, Episode 1, Demon Child. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is actually probably one of my favorite episodes of A Haunting. This is in Western Kentucky. Jan and Dale Foster's six, six-year-old son, Cody... Start. They move into a new home, and he starts uh, talking to this imaginary playmate who he calls Man. That's all it is. What? Man. No, thank you. And then as the weeks progress, his behavior starts getting worse and worse. He has a couple outbursts, and he keeps saying, Man told me to do this, or Man says you wouldn't like that, mm. and starts telling him that. Uh, but they start talking about Man, and he's, the kid explains it's this little boy like him, hmm. and that he was... Uh, kidnapped and, and tortured and killed and wow. and uh, so they're like have the kind of sympathetic thing for him but then they're like why why is our son acting so angry all the time uh, they bring in a, an American shaman to come in and kind of cleanse the house and, and it seems to work but then after a few months he, Cody starts acting weird again he starts saying he's communicating with man again and then one night the mom just has had enough she goes into Cody's room hoping to confront man and figure out what is going on yeah and the man, the little boy, transforms in front of her eyes into this monstrous looking man and attacks her. And so then she finds out this is not a little boy. This is a bad entity. So she ends up bringing the shaman again and they they banish the spirit again and end up it after they knew what it was and could identify it and got rid of it the right way, I guess, Yeesh. it was gone. Ugh, so man left. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. But I, like me and my coworkers, actually, we, we watched that one together one day at work. 
this is years ago. And uh, then we just made jokes all the time of like, I want to talk to man. <laughs> so shout out to Overstock, my old Overstock. <laughs> shout out to Overstock <laughs> itself. Yeah. All right. The next one I want to share is uh, it's not actually like an old house. It's not an old mansion, but it's an apartment, which is actually kind of rare. Mm-hmm. But apartments, many people live in and they could bring in bad juju. Yeah. Or, you know, but also you can leave pretty easily. But there's this apartment in Brooklyn. It's uh, 455A. Sackett Street is the address. Oh, it's it's you can look it up. You can look it up. Hmm. And you can I think I looked this up on Zillow and a couple of years ago you could buy it for a lot of money because it's an apartment in New York. Yeah. So anyways, many people have lived here, but I want to specifically talk about a family that moved into the apartment in nineteen ninety eight. So they move in and it's a family with like kids they're like mid teenage years and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor said, This is not a great place. You probably shouldn't have moved in. Horrible things. Horrible physical things happen to people that live here. Uh, just letting you know. <laughs> it's yeah. like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Things will start to go bad. And they did almost immediately. A guy from the neighborhood broke in and attacked the daughter who was 14, like two weeks after they moved in. And But they stayed there. They're like, eh, it's random. Like, we'll get a baseball bat or a cricket bat. But they noticed the place was very cold and damp and they couldn't warm it up. They tried to install a phone line, couldn't install a phone line. Like, no one could actually renovate this place at all the ceiling collapsed in the son's room but the son wasn't hurt because right before that he got up to go to the bathroom but the ceiling collapsed a fire was started randomly in the daughter's room and she tried to put it out and she said as she did the door closed and she passed out and then woke up as a neighbor i guess ran into the room to carry her out yeah so they couldn't explain the fire and then a family friend came over to stay and looked in the mirror in the bathroom and saw a little boy in burnt rags staring at her. Yeah. This all kind of goes back to the neighbor who told them bad things happen here because in the ni- 1930s, a fire in that apartment killed a little a little boy. Mm. So a, a boy was burned. And then in the 60s, a couple was killed by What's the mob. What's boy named Freddy Krueger? Yeah, I mean, it could be because the setup for this. But yeah, so he apparently appears in the bathroom mirror and a woman walks the hallways and just the family didn't feel welcome at all. So they moved out, which is a good idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what you do if you do. Yeah. And so this daughter, who is a couple years older now, she found out uh, a year later that a couple was renovating the place. And this was a three-level apartment, which mm-hmm. in New York is that's great space. But they're renovating the basement. And while they were, they found the body of a little boy in the wall. Hello. So the this new couple, they left quickly. And people would come in. Oh, hey, low rent. And everyone who was there was probably there for a couple months. Tops. Yeesh. And so, but it's still available for rent. Now? It's still available, and so and the daughter she has met one other person randomly just around, and she and the woman said, "Yeah, there were a lot of tragedies. My family, my mom died in that apartment, and this was after that family lived there. Mm-hmm. And so, who knows how many people live there and the the horrible things that have happened to their family yes. because of the bad energy of this place. Yeah, and that is it. Four fifty five A Sackett Street. No, thank you. Hmm. My final one comes from a haunting season three episode six, the forgotten. And this one stuck out to me for a number of reasons, but mostly because this happened in Salt Lake City. Oh, go on. Uh, so they say they moved into the April James and her two sons and her fiance, Matt Brody, moved into a hundred year old home in one of Salt Lake City's charming historic districts. I presume the avenues. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But he's a Do contractor. Do you say elitist or charming? <laughs> okay. He's, uh, Matt's a contractor. So he starts renovating the house. And then as he's renovating the house, he finds in this back of a closet a little door, like two feet by two nope. feet door. Uh-uh. Would you, hey, Zach, would you open that door? Nope. You would never open the door. He's renovating the home. 
So he, he opens the door, he goes inside, and there's a larger room uh, opening on the other side. Uh. And the walls are covered in children's drawings. Nope. Like nope. Butterflies and stuff like <laughs> Run. that. Run. And there's a larger opening on the other side, but the door has been nailed shut. <laughs> so why he's like, what do we do? And the wife's like, well, you know, maybe we just, you know, leave it. And he's like, no, no, what do we do? Like, we'll, we'll make it a master closet. It is space. Sure. So they, they, they knock out the walls and make this master closet of this thing. And then weird stuff starts happening. Like these they like, disrupted the space. They did. And a lot of times construction will do that. But like at one point, I know they, they brought some workmen over and they, they turned off all the breakers, but then mm-hmm. the breakers kept flipping on as they were working. So he turned the breakers off. He'd go upstairs, he'd work for a bit, and all of a sudden he gets shot, go back down the breakers running. He's like, who keeps turning on the breakers? Someone's trying to electrocute me. Wow. Doors are slammed in people's faces, their kids start having nightmares, uh, and they come to find out they bring in a psychic and uh well, actually no they, they actually it gets so bad they leave the house and go stay in a hotel mm-hmm. for as long as they can but it starts to get kind of expensive they end up bringing in a psychic and they piece together uh or presume or sense i don't know i don't want to present it as fact but mm-hmm. then they just kind of say this room was used to trap uh not uh, basically hold children yeah and they're the spirits that are going around here but there's also an evil larger presence that was the man that had had trapped these children in this room and i always feel so bad for in these stories whether they're movies or stories i hear about victims in stories that ha- that haunt yes. areas it's like be free yeah yeah and, and the thing is the kids apparently were more mischievous whereas the the, the man spirit was much more malevolent, malevolent much more evil. Yeah. so they end up getting the psychic to cleanse the house and things are fine after that and uh, that's where zach and honey are going to be moving yep and uh, <laughs> it's gonna be fun so oh congratulations by the way as of this airing you're married i'm not married hey, yeah. yep you're mr western now <laughs> finally. Light, finally lightning the mood uh all right my final house i want to talk about is the white house like the, the the there's a ghost cat in the basement of the White House. Yeah, there is a uh, the White House, okay. not a White House, the White the. House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So uh, it is said that Abigail Adams, so the wife of John, she's the first first lady. Mm-hmm. She can be seen hanging laundry in the East Room, which she would commonly do. I'm I glad guess. you said laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, no, no, no. Otherwise. No, honestly, most of these are not. The old, none of these are threatening presences. This is just so much history has happened around this building mm-hmm. that they're saying there are there's uh, residual hauntings. Yes, actually. So, and then Dolly Madison, the wife of James, visits the Rose Garden. Delicious Why are only donuts. the wives haunting? Yeah, uh, apparently. Delicious donuts. Dolly, Dolly Madison? Madison? Yeah, never heard of that. You've never had Dolly Madison donuts? No, no. All right. Okay, now we need to try mm. powder donuts. Uh, Save for our Dolly Madison tier donut two. Okay, show. tier two. But she designed the Rose Garden, so she still haunts it to this day. And then Andrew Jackson could be seen and heard laughing and swearing in the Rose Room. Hmm. Apparently, kind of a potty mouth. Yeah. But hey, harmless, hopefully. <laughs> Not family friendly, though. No. And then Abraham Lincoln is said to walk the grounds, walk the halls. Many have claimed to have seen him. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt and Grace Coolidge both said they saw him in his bedroom. And then a queen from the Netherlands was staying there, and she claims that she heard Lincoln knocking on her bedroom door one night. How did she know it was him knocking? I don't know. How Because the knock was high up. <laughs> it was an honest knock. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. But she didn't, yeah, she didn't answer the door, but she said it was Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. But I found that so interesting Who because... Is it? It's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> obviously a ghost. <laughs> obviously. But yeah, I thought that was interesting because it is one of these revered buildings that we have in the nation and so much history has but happened. Like, but like, why would Lincoln haunt the White House? 
But he wasn't killed there? Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, you're saying the theater. Mm. Oh, oh. Well, he actually didn't die in the theater either. It was... Uh, yeah, it's true. In a Let's talk about locations more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stand for our Lincoln Death Location show. But well, we yeah. Are. So I would say, yeah, I mean, Joel, unless you have any other stories. Nope, that's it. Uh, that, that wraps up us talking about historical and like we said, real life. mostly here in America. Yeah. yeah. Real life accounts or witnesses of haunted houses. Wow. Well, that's, the, I feel inspired. Inspired. And that's the word you're going to use? No, more just entertained. You, okay. you guys are doing very well. Thank but you. we need, do need to get into the movie side of things. Because we part do. of this every year is we give a list of a bunch of movies in this you know realm. And, and then we make dis- a spreadsheet of them and share it at, at patreon.com slash bacon. So the patrons can see which movies are approved and which aren't. Yeah, so, we, so we're going to go through and we're going to approve this list of movies. There's about, I think, 30. Approve or not approve. Approve or not approve. Uh, 30 or so movies here. Mm. And this has got to go quick, gentlemen. Here we go. From 2007, we have 1408. A man who specializes in debunking paranormal occurrences checks into the fabled room 1408 in the Dolphin Hotel. Soon after settling in, he confronts genuine terror. We talked about this in our Stephen King show. This is one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Starring John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, very creepy. I'm going to approve this one as well, though, because it is, it's a it's a creepy psychological thriller. Yep, totally approved. And Zach, if you've seen any of these, I would love to know. I've seen know. this one. Approved. Approved. Okay. It reminds me of nightmares I've had where you just can't get out mm-hmm. of them. Next up is Beetlejuice from 1988. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. It's Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's Beetlejuice. We talked about this on episode 77. Yeah. We toured Tim Burton. And once again, not all, not every horror film needs to be scary. No, but this some is about a funny. haunted house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this has got some some stuff in it. It it's, does. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Adam and Barbara are, are well, yeah, they're, they're uh, hanging out in a house and they're they're haunting the Dietzes and this is a definite recommend for me. I absolutely. love this movie. Yo, uh, absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, Academy Award winning Beetlejuice, thank you. Really? Oh, what Academy sorry. Award for best makeup. Disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did Suicide Squad, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> From 1976, Burnt Offerings. A family moves into a large old mansion in the countryside, which seems to have mysterious and sinister power over its new residents. This is such a slow burn movie that yes. is totally, it belongs in the 70s, but it's so effective for me. Really? So and, effective. And this one is, uh, the father basically kind of becomes consumed by the house and his he becomes very violent. Yes. And the house basically uses your life force. Mm-hmm. Or the house, or, or people in the house, I should say. This is one not a lot of people know about, no. to be honest. Uh, but I feel like more people should see, because it's funny, this came before Amityville, mm-hmm. but, because uh, this was made in 1976, but this feels a lot like Amityville, yeah. that same similar story. I would say, thankfully, more simple. Yeah. Amityville gets a little confusing, a little complex. Yeah, a little screamy. But this is a total approval for me. Yeah, I approved this one as well. This was fun But it's to see. slower. It's very slow. Very slow. Betty Davis is in it, though, so that's always fun. Also, Zach, uh, to get you to watch this one, I'm going to mm-hmm. let you know, the, the Dunsmere house where they filmed this is also where they filmed uh, A View to a Kill and Sorry, Married an Axe Murder. I'm in. I don't, I've never seen it, but approved. I love both those things. <laughs> Haunted. Haunted. From 1995, Casper. An afterlife therapist and his daughter meet a friendly young ghost when they move into a crumbling mansion in order to rid the premises of wicked spirits. Mm. And this has Christina Ricci, Bill Pullman, and I found out something, guys. Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa is the human form. He is yeah. not the voice he of Casper. He is not the voice of Casper. You didn't know Who that? Is? It is this uh, kid, actor named Malachi Pearson. What? It's not Devin Sawa. Okay. And I felt Zach, can I you look betrayed. this kid up? If he doesn't have the same butt cut, he like, maybe there's a reason. Hair. He doesn't. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah. So I was shocked by that. But this is this is an approved for me because this is good pan, good. 
approved because of the age you were when you saw it or because of the quality? I was a teenager when this came out. But so Christina Ricci was in it, Joel. This is good family-friendly fun. Like, it, although it is kind of dark for Casper, like you, it is. Like, there's death involved. You, yeah, you learn how Casper died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think this is one the whole family can watch together. So I'm going to give it an approval. And the effects for the time, pretty good. This, this is the first fully CGI character in a lead role. Wow. I got to be honest. I think they hold up. Yeah, because they did enough with practical effects as well to make mm-hmm. it look really cool. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't really care for the criminals as much. Uh, they're a right. little hokey, little little sweet scenery chewing. But uh, yeah, I'm going to approve this one. Approved as well. Okay, wow. Okay, do you not like any of these movies? Well, like we said, this is probably the best part of the horror genre. Okay. Now we have from 2015, Crimson Peak. In the aftermath of a family tragedy, an aspiring author is torn between love for her childhood friend and the temptation of a mysterious outsider. This is directed by Guillermo del Toro. This one's tough because it's not a straight up haunted house story. It's a love story in a haunted house. Yeah, and this has Tom Hiddleston in it and Mia Worcestershire. Thank you. Wasikawa? Wasikowski? I can't say her name. Wasikowski. Yeah. Wachowski. Jessica Chastain's in this too. I wish... A stunning movie. I Beautiful. wish that Guillermo del Toro would have spent more time on the uh, look, or more time on the story as he did the look, because this is a beautiful yeah. horror movie. The creatures are quite scary, though. In, they the, are, in the brief glimpses you see. But it is very slow and not overly scary. But is it Bacon Sale approved? Yeah, for me, it is approved. I'll give it an approval as well. Okay. Just because it is one of those unique ones. Not particularly scary or it didn't wow me. Yeah. But it was beautiful to watch. It's a change of pace for this genre. Yeah. If you want to mix things up. Next up is Dark Water from both 2002 and 2005. This is the original Japanese movie and the American remake. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a mother and her six-year-old daughter move into a creepy apartment whose every surface is permeated by water. Mm -hmm. This is one of those where, remember, J-horror was huge. And this could be a whole show of its own, yeah, the yeah. J-horror stuff. It, it should be. Uh, and, you know, the remake that came soon after with Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this this is one where I, by the way, just giving a little bit of spoiler, but not too much spoiler, like we talked about on another episode, uh, Elisa Lam, mm-hmm. the story of Elisa Lam. For some reason in my brain, I got it that uh, this story, ha- came, this movies, these movies came after that happened. No, before. 11 years before. Yeah. And it's very similar. Yeah. Too similar. Disgustingly similar. And uh, for somehow they pull off like water being scary in these Japanese horror films. Yes. They just know what they're doing. That said, the movie is not really scary, but the ending has a real bite to it. And when I say the ending, I mean the ending of the Japanese one. Yeah. Uh, that said, I couldn't really recommend this to anyone, either movie, really. Okay. I'm not going to give an approval. I watched the American one because it had Jennifer Connelly in mm-hmm, it. Of course. Did not like the ending. Nope. So then I watched the Japanese one thinking, okay, well, let's see how they originally did it. Did not like that ending Oh, either. I did, but it's it's nope. sad. Don't like it. Okay. I don't like either ending. I'm disappointed by it, both of them, and so I'm not approving either one of these. Yeah. Now that gets approval. See? But we can be negative. Finally. <laughs> finally negative on Bacon <laughs> Cell. so positive lately. Yeah. From 2002, Ghost Ship. A salvage crew discovers a long-lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea and soon notices that its long-dead inhabitants may still be on board. Really, it's the opening scene with the cord that slashes through everybody. So I knew that scene. Yeah. I watched this show, this movie specifically for this episode of Bacon Cell. Mm -hmm. It's not as bad as everyone said it was. Yeah, the the scene itself or the movie? The movie. Yeah. Like that first scene is like the scene that like the first five minutes, you're your jaws on the floor mm-hmm. in half, but uh, <laughs> but and, but then as I watched, I kept waiting for it to get really bad, and it really didn't get terrible. It's just until standard. The end, yeah. The end kind of got eye rollingly ridiculous, right? 
So basically, it's a team goes in to investigate, die one by one, sees horrible things. Yeah, there's some ridiculous deaths too. Yes, like it gets kind of stupid. And then the ending is absolutely stupid. Mm-hmm. But I still gave this a passing grade. Did you? Because I went, you know, I had fun. Okay, I had no affinity to this movie. It's so a haunted I... ship. How many haunted ships do we have? Oh, that's true, but not approved. Okay, I've, we can be split. I that's didn't. okay, you jerk. I didn't see this one. <laughs> Sorry, ghost ship. From 2003, Haunted Mansion. A realtor and his wife and children are summoned to a mansion, which they soon discover is haunted. And while they tr- attempt to escape, he learns an important lesson about the family he has neglected. <laughs> uh, haunted. Fun fact, this is the most expensive movie we're going to be talking about on this list. What? Uh, how much haunted did it cost? $90 million. Oh, okay. Huh. All uh, to pay Eddie Murphy? Probably. Blech. Once again, and Wallace Shaw. Uh, by the way, directed by the same guy who did The Lion King. Kind of funny fact. I, oh, I, I was once again deceived by this because I thought Pirates of the Bin came out and then they were like, oh, yes, let's capitalize that and make mm-hmm. another movie on another ride. This came out four months after Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. The Black so Girl. it was already being made. Yes. The other one. Yeah. It was already being made. I don't think they realized how popular Pirates would be being this. I don't know. The, the franchise it was because right. Haunted Mansion did not feel like you were at Disneyland no. in any way. So Haunted Mansion, the, as, as far as a movie goes, it, it doesn't feel like the storyline of the ride at all. No. There's no. a couple of, of little teases in there, mm-hmm. but boy, it did a bad References. job of representing it. Uh, not approved. I'm approving this one. Are you? What? I, I avoided it for a long time because I heard nothing but bad, nothing but bad. Because it's bad. And then I watched it and I was like, you know what? Nice Halloween visuals, fun for the family, some cool creature effects. The creatures mm-hmm. actually true. look pretty good. The zombies. It but it's, it's annoying. It's Eddie Murphy in like the worst time of his life. I'm surprised to say that I like this movie. Like the humor did not land all the time. Right. But overall, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. So I give it I, I give it a passing. This okay. is a yes from me. But how about from 2020? His house. A refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. This one's very interesting because it's a refugee couple that needs to stay in an apartment. They are locked in, essentially. Yeah. They can't. They have nowhere else to the go. The government puts them in housing and say, you stay here, you adapt, otherwise you're going back home. And it's straight up haunted. It is. There's some creepy things that happen mm-hmm. in this. This is one that just came out Very last recent. year. Yeah. I just watched it just for this episode. Just for this episode of Bake It Sell. Mm-hmm. This is good. It's good, right? This is because there's the ghost story, but then there's a whole other layer. Like even if the ghost story wasn't there, there's some gut punches and some emotional moments. Yeah, it would have been a good drama, but it's like a deeper horror movie. Really good practical effects as well. This yeah. was in my top ten last year. Yeah, I love this movie. Very impressive. This this may become kind of a regular, not a regular watch. I'm not yeah, because be like, it's <laughs> it's it's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah, but it's one that I'm like, you know, if people are looking for a good horror movie, I'll I'll say this one. It's okay. on Netflix right now. Yeah, TV 14. By the way, okay, <laughs> good to know. It didn't go through the MPAA. Now we have from 1986 House. A troubled writer moves into a haunted house after inheriting it from his aunt. And this is directed by the guy who did Friday the 13th Parts 2 and 3, Steve Miner. So you know it's going to be good. <laughs> but it stars William Catt from uh, Greatest American Hero. Yeah, and George sure Webb does. from Cheers. Uh-huh. Richard Mall from Night Court. <laughs> wow, powerhouses, really. <sighs> this back movie comes out of nowhere. It has one of those covers that you see at Blockbuster back mm-hmm. in the day where you're like, it's got the, the disembodied hand. It's like a disembodied zombie hand yeah. ringing a doorbell. And it, it looks cool, but it has nothing to do with the movie itself. No. Because the movie is about this, this house that is like a portal to another world. And creatures come through at random, and they're mm-hmm. very like bombastic, cartoony-type zombie creatures. Yes, yes. Does that explain it well enough? Yeah. And it's a, it attempts to be a comedy. It's a horror comedy, but yeah. it's missing the horror and the comedy. <laughs> okay. This is bad. It's bad. This was so bad. And I watched it because I used to enjoy the sequel, 
because that was a more family friendly. It was. This, yeah. this is rated R. That the sequel was like PG, but no, not good. It's, but, the, but this spawned it's really not good. Uh, three sequels, I think. Uh, house two, House three, yeah, and House four, all right there. Wow, cost ten dollars to make, made twenty dollars. Yeah, not approved. No, not approved. From 1987, my favorite title on this list, House 2, The Second Story. (laughs) The new owner of a sinister house gets involved with reanimated corpses and demons searching for an ancient Aztec skull with magic powers. I watched this for the first time this week. Did you? Yeah. For the first time ever? Yep. This is one of those PG-13 horror movies that we could rent for sleepovers and stuff. Okay. Because it's more comical. What did you think? Oh, I hated it. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't find it funny at all. I did I did like that they went so far into their own mythology they and do. having the zombie cowboy just around the house at yep. parties. Yep. But I the comedy did not land. And with each me. room is like a different Yeah. like zone. I, I knew I would have loved this as an eleven year old. I would have. Yeah. But I had no stomach for it now. I want to give this a three uh, three stars okay. when I watched it as a kid. Yeah. But it's been a long time since I've seen it and I'm pretty sure it's not gonna hold up well, so I can't give it a passing grade. This is this no. is gonna be stupid. And I know it is. Yeah. I just don't want to watch it again because I don't want to ruin my my childhood memories of it. (laughs) Yeah, you will. Not approved. Not approved. Sorry, House 2. From 2002, Juwan, The Grudge, and 2004, The Grudge. A mysterious and vengeful spirit marks and pursues anybody who dares enter the house in which it resides. Now, this is one of the cool times when the same director directed the original Japanese movie and Mm -hmm. the American remake. Uh, The American remake, and and, and some of the same actors actually go through too because... Well, not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Right. She's she's only the one. Bill Pullman's only in the American one. But the ones who play Toshio, uh, Kayako, and and Tak Takio. I can't remember the guy's name, but okay. Basically, the Grudge Girl and the little little cat boy. They're the same. They're the same in both movies. So obviously, you and I were at a time in the early two thousands where we love this type of movie. Yes. So you see the Grudge. How many years did it take you to see Juwan? Long time. Like it was. It's, it was a Netflix DVD rental years down the road. Because I wanted it. I, I loved The Grudge when I watched it in theater, so I'm definitely approving that. And then I watched you on, and I went, that was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't want to say scary good, because that means, like, really, really good. But I mean, like, it was scary, and it was good. I watched you on for the first time three days ago. And? I waited that long, because I said... That is a long time. Wait, I, what? I know. I'm like, well, I've seen the, the American remake, and I know enough about The Ring... To know that the original was not very good. No, Ringu's not good. But I'm like, oh, maybe Juwan will be good, but I'm sure it'll be lower budget and everything else. But I saw it blown away. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, way better than Ringu. And it gets uh, more into the mythology that we kind of miss in the American remake. And it, the, the lesser practical effects mm-hmm. are somehow, they somehow work better. Yeah. But I'm sorry, even seeing the meowing boy just underneath the table, you're like, what is going on? Or yeah. just hearing that. Oh, okay. We're good. Thank and you. Crawling down the Can't stairs. Can't we've gone that long without doing that noise. I know, oh. but no, both are very much approved. Yeah, yeah. Approve oh. both of those. Even yeah. if the Grudge remake is the lesser ring, both are very approved. See, yeah. they all blended together into my mind because yeah. I didn't see them until years after they came out, and all at the same time, I watched the Grudge, the Grudge Two. Uh, oh, the sequels don't get dreams? approved. Yes. I watched Juan. I watched uh, Wow, ring, the Ring, Ring Two, Ringu. Like I watched them all at the same time. Hmm. Now, from 2006, it's Monster House. Three teens discover that their neighbor's house is really a living, breathing, scary monster. Uh, way too creepy for a kid's movie. Uh, it, it, wait, it is, dark. but it's not. Yeah. It's not? Like, what I mean is, like, this is a good movie for kids if they want to get a little scared. Is yeah. it? But it's also... Like, too scary. No, I wouldn't say too scary, but it definitely gets dark at, at times. Like you, this, You walk away with a fear of cement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I already had that. But no... Because I feel like kids these days, kids movies, they kind of pull out of punches. I kind of miss the older days when they're like, no, they're going, we're going to terrify children. Yeah. 
this is kind of that little throwback. But it's such interesting animation. It's it's dated animation. Mm-hmm. They it's did the motion it's terribly dated and very choppy. Yeah. but And I watched it in 3D the first time, and that was so much fun to watch cool. Monster House. That makes sense. But that's I feel it's age-appropriate scares. I think there's some actual drama in here that's that's impressive. Uh, Steve Buscemi does a great job. He does. Uh, but I am going to give this a definite passing grade. Yep. Approval. I saw it for the first time like a week ago and mm. actually really enjoyed it. Was it was fine? Yeah. Okay. I, I, again, the animation, I, I will say, is, is now is bad. Yeah, but uh, not Jimmy Neutron pad, but this no. is 2006. Yes. Close. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's it's still a very it's enjoyable dated. movie. Yeah, but this was nominated for best anime feature, but lost to Happy Feet, as oh. one does. Stupid, <laughs> stupid Happy Feet from 1982. It's Poltergeist. A family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. Now, this would have been directed by Steven Spielberg, but he was committed to E.T. Well, some say it still is directed by him. But Toby Hooper Toby is Hooper did the director. Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. did this one. But they say Spielberg just came in every day. And this was the horror movie I think every kid in the 80s watched because it was a PG horror movie that you could not believe was PG. Oh, totally. Because it was so scary. So, Zach, you being 10 years behind us, when did you watch this? Have you seen it? I'll let you know. <gasps> I know. I know. What? It's, it's the blind spot. But this has Craig T. Nelson. Coach is in this. You love Craig I T. love Nelson. Coach. Yeah. Mr. Incredible. I know. I've, I've yet to see this one. This I've, is, I've wanted to for a long time. This is probably the movie of the list. Yeah. I, or at least in the top three, I would say. Poltergeist is absolute classic. Yeah. yeah. And this is one of the scariest movies I ever saw as a kid watching as an adult. I still mm-hmm. get very scared by it. Uh, we won't get into the sequels, by the way, They're because uh, the first one is a haunted house movie. The second and third one are more about uh, Carol Ann. following Carol Ann, which is a haunted person or object, which is probably the next division of ghosts we're going to probably. do. Probably. But holy cow, this is terrifying. I can think of so many scenes right now. The tree scene, the face peeling scene, the, the television scene, uh, the, the uh, crawling on the walls scene. Like, oh, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff. The pool scene. <laughs> there's a ton of parts. I'm not spoiling because Zach's here. But I've, I, it's funny. I have watched multiple uh, like YouTube videos talking about the making of it. I've listened to a couple podcasts about the making of it. Yeah. I think the story behind this movie is, is yeah. pretty interesting. It's fantastic. Uh, but I've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, Are I you going to? to? I would love to. Okay. Yeah, but I just never have. From 2012, it's Sinister. A true crime writer discovers a box of Super 8 home movies in his new home that suggests the murder that he is currently researching in the, is the work of a serial killer whose legacy dates back to the 1960s. Mm. This is directed by Scott Derrickson, who did Doctor Strange. Yeah. Huh. Kind of weird to think about. Yeah, he definitely got a start in horror and is going back to horror yeah. with next year's, I think, Black Phone or something. Yeah. Uh, Sinister is... And back to Ethan Hawke with that, too. Yeah. He's in this one. Sinister is kind of messed up. It really came out around the insidious time when movies like this were just like a mm-hmm. little bit more low budget and just came out of nowhere and a little bit more than jump scares. The the visuals in this one are horrible. The, yeah. This and is- maybe that's what it relies on. This is a little too grisly for me. Yeah. Uh, and the, the plot entirely just depends on people making stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. And I hate that when they're just like, if you just make a good decision, none of this would have happened. But it, I don't think it relies on jump scares too much. It's a slow burn horror movie, but it's too slow for its own good. And, and, it, and the ending is kind of meh. See, the ending is where it falls apart for me, but I enjoy the movie until then. Yeah. I do approve it. I don't approve it. Okay. Now it's Stir of Echoes from, 99, from 1999. Uh, otherwise known as Kirkland Six Sense, <laughs> pretty much, because this movie kind of disappeared because '99 was Six Sense era. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's in this one, by the way. But after being hypnotized by a sister-in-law, a man begins seeing haunting visions of a girl's ghost, and a mystery begins to unfold around him. This is a very interesting movie. It's more of a uh, like a like it says a mystery mm-hmm. a detective story almost because he just keeps seeing these visions. It's not like terrifying. 
No. But it's more like family in peril sort of stuff. Yeah, and there's some there's some fun jump out moments and some good visual effects. But I mean, it's a predictable horror. It's a predictable movie. It is predictable because you kind of just know exactly where it's going to go. It's a fun little horror movie. Not quite quite heavy it. too. Yeah, it gets heavy. But I'm going to give it a passing grade because so am I. It surprised me. Yeah, me too. I did not expect that. Now it's the Amityville Horror, 1979 and 2005. Newlyweds and their three children move into a large house where a mass murder was committed. They start to experience strange, inexplicable manifestations which have strong effects on everyone living or visiting in the house. This is the iconic one with the two windows that look like eyes. Yes, you've, you've probably seen this house if you've ever heard any, you know, seen any horror movie posters. So many sequels. The remake with Ryan Reynolds. Nine. There's nine what? sequels, spinoff, and remakes. How? Uh, Amityville 2, The Possession, Amityville 3D, Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, Amityville Curse, Amityville, It's About Time, <laughs> uh, Amityville, A New Generation, Amityville Dollhouse, the remake of Amityville Horror, and Amityville Awakening. Wow. This is a kitchen sink haunted house movie. Well, I mean... They throw everything oh. at you. <laughs> if if a house can do something, they show it in this movie. Well, and I hadn't seen the movie in its entirety until mm-hmm. preparing for this show. Okay. And I really was kind of like, wow, yeah, they're just... Like, they don't stop. Like, they're like, so worried about pacing. There's... But they're, they're supposed to be afraid of flies. There's flies, and there's the walls bleed at one point. There's yeah. hidden rooms. There's voices. And it Eyes is creepy. in the window. It sure. is creepy. But also, I feel like the cast was cursed with overacting mm-hmm. by being in that movie. Yep. Because it's perfectly fine. And all of a sudden, James... James, yeah, I want to say Josh Brolin. It's James Brolin and Margot Kidder. But James Brolin all of a sudden is just like, oh, I'm falling apart! And I'm like, okay, dude, just chill. And then yeah. Margot, uh, Margot Kidder's screaming at the screen and... It, it, but this was in the fervor of the 70s when yeah. they needed this to feel real. Yeah. But I still, here's the thing, it's pretty standard horror fare. This yeah. is the original I'm talking about. I still haven't seen the remake with Ryan Reynolds. It's forgettable. Shirt off. Totally forgettable. Yeah, that one. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to give Amityville Horror a passing grade because of the legacy it left and because, yeah, pretty standard horror movie. It hasn't aged well probably because it's been copied so many times. Yeah, it is iconic because, yeah, the house is scary. Even yeah. though knowing the legend behind it makes it a little bit less scary. Yeah. But I, I'll give it a, a slight approval on that one. Okay. But not the remake. Not the remake. Now it's The Changeling from 1980. After the death of his wife and daughter in a car crash, a music professor staying at a long vacant Seattle mansion is dragged into a decades old mystery by an inexplicable presence in the mansion's attic. Now this That's a mouthful for a really just fantastic haunted house story. Oh, yeah. This is one of the first early Canadian-produced films to have major success internationally. Did you know it's Canadian? No, not at all. Yeah. But this is a weird one, too, because this is one where we rented all the time as kids because this was a PG horror movie. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, the cover says R, and I'm like, it's not Does it? R. Yeah, because of child peril. Okay, yep. So there's, children, there's a child in danger, and there's a child that's injured or harmed. And so, not like explicitly, but not bloodily, I should say. Yeah. But uh, so, it, they, I guess they rebranded it as an R rating, but this is definitely more of a PG horror movie. Holy cow, it's terrifying. Uh-huh. Slow, slow, like slow burn movie. Yeah. And but, old. And old. 1980. But there are moments in this movie that have haunted me from the first time I saw them. And still to this day, I get chills every time I watch this movie. The ending leaves me feeling depressed as well. Yeah. Like it's one of those. Yeah. Zach, have you seen this movie? No. The ball coming oh, down the, ball, the stairs. The wheelchair. The wheelchair. Zach, you haven't seen this movie? No. This is one that for people that are just, even though it is terrifying sure. and so terrifying, I can still recommend this and be like, yeah, it's a good scary movie that it won't offend you no. in any way. No, You'll it, just be it's, scared. It's very clean. Like, it's a very clean, very, uh, I don't want to say nice, because that's not the right word. Oh, but it's, po- it's Canadian, so yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very polite. It's yes. very polite. It apologizes a lot. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. We're so sorry. So sorry for scaring you. Sorry. 
But yes, definitely watch The Changeling if you haven't. This is one of my most approved ones on this list. So it's good, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Wholesome? Yes. Oh. Good, no, good wholesome? Message. Wholesome? Uh, <laughs> is, so, any mo- is any horror movie wholesome besides The Sixth Sense yeah. and Signs? Just like The Conjuring 2013? Wholesome? Well, uh, <laughs> paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. Directed by the director of Aquaman. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and Saw. And Saw. Yeah. This is like that middle ground between Saw and Aquaman. Yeah, this is approved. This movie doesn't need to be discussed much more than we have. It's, I think it's great. This is the one that I feel got a, a, a bum R rating because it's terrifying. And yeah. that's why it's R. Because children, once again, are in peril. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, no language, no sex, no nudity. Uh, the violence is minimal, but it's just it's a very... It's a very terrifying film. This feels demonic to people, and I think that's why people generally avoid it. Mm. It's I do fantastic. This I wrote this down when I saw that this was the most scary movie I'd seen since The Ring. I would agree with that. So that was like you know a ten year gap of like movies that just terrified yeah. me. This one definitely did it. How about The Conjuring Two? Ed and Lorraine Warren traveled to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by a supernatural spirit. So lesser Conjuring, mm-hmm. but still somehow effective. Yeah. The movie is actually pretty terrifying. And then I read up on the story, mm-hmm. the uh, Enfield Poltergeist. Yeah. And they, it's basically a hoax. Is like, it a hoax then? Like as, as I was reading up I on it. Because I did talk about it and there were witnesses, but there they were, say it was a hoax. But they say like, and they kind of do this in the movie where they expose it as a hoax in the movie and then explain it's a hoax, but it's not really a hoax. Oh. But in the, in the real life, like they have these pictures of these girls that are supposedly levitating off their beds. And they show these pictures in the movie, like the real life pictures of these girls levitating off their beds. And I went and looked up more pictures of it, and they're totally just jumping up and down on their beds. And oh. it just kind of really, I don't know, that kind of ruined it for me. Spooky. But it made it a little less scary. <laughs> yeah. Spooky kids. Uh, but we should talk about the fact that we're not going to talk about The Conjuring, The Devil Movie, Do It, or any of the Annabelles, or any of the, the Nun, or The Crooked Man, like these all movies that are coming from this mm-hmm. franchise. But Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2, both solid. I'm yes. giving these both a It's still grade. approved. Yeah. It's scary. That crooked man part. Oh, did that scare you? Down my spine. Just when it started up. Better Wilkins. Yeah. Yeah. Now from 2001, The Devil's Backbone. After Carlos, a 12-year-old whose father died in the Spanish Civil War, arrives at an ominous boy's orphanage, he discovers the school is haunted as many dark secrets which he must uncover. This is once again directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, this one is... It's a weird coming-of-age story. It's more drama than horror. Yeah. Uh, there's some haunting imagery. The ghost in this one is... Yeah, very cool. Memorable. The low budget really works for this movie. Yeah. But the supernatural element is almost a side note. Yeah. And the story didn't captivate me. Maybe I would liked it more if I knew more about the Spanish Civil War. It uh, is. It, I think it's a worthy one-time watch, though. I'll probably never watch this again, but I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm going to give it a not passing. Okay. I give it a passing. Yeah. How about The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, 1966? A timid typesetter hasn't a ghost of a chance of becoming a reporter until he decides to solve a murder mystery and ends up spending a fright-filled night in a haunted house. Ah, it's got Don Knotts in it. It sure does. Uh, This is one I thought everyone had seen as a kid. Like, this is one of those Halloween comedy movies that, you know, was fun for kids. Because Don Knotts is in it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I haven't seen it for a while now, but I remember liking it. I'm going to give it a passing grade because it's a funny ghost story. Don Knotts should be his own genre. He is. You know his movies, right? Yeah. yeah. And his look. movies are not funny. They're what? aggravating. What? Oh, yeah. I watched this the other night. I really didn't care for it. Mm. I wanted it to be over. And it's not really a supernatural story. It is at the end. Okay. Mm, There's a twist at the end. That, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. They sure try. They tried. I'll give a pass even if you don't. Not approved. 
I mean, I I give it a pass. No. Yay. No, you haven't seen it. I have. Oh. See, I told you everyone's seen it. I, you know, it's, I remember having fun. Watch it as a kid. Have fun with it. Yeah. Go Too back late. in time and be a kid, Kent. <laughs> oh, I wish. Now we have The Haunting, 1963 and 1999. Yeah, there's a couple adaptations of this, but we'll mm-hmm. talk about these two specifically now. A study in fear escalates into a heart-stopping nightmare for a professor and three subjects trapped in a mysterious mansion. So there's the 1963 one and then the 99 one. Uh, 1963 one was actually directed by Robert Wise, who did West Side Story. Nice. And then uh, the 1999 was directed by Jan DeBond, who did Speed, Speed 2, and Twister. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hey, hey Speed I 2, like, Cruise I, Control. I like two of those movies. Yeah. Uh, so Haunting is a slow burn the, the 1963 version is kind of a slow black and white. It just feels like a 60s movie. Yeah. And like I, it's a talkie movie. I didn't really watch it when growing up as a kid. My wife's family was terrified by that one. So really? I showed it to my kids and it was so effective for them. They were they were bored because this is a straight up two hour movie that fills two and a half hours long. It's pretty long. Me. And But I do think it's it's well done. I think it, it frightens you without really showing you anything, which is kind of cool. You don't actually really see anything but you're still scared. There's a part where there's a ghost speaking gibberish. My kids still talk about that really? to this day. Yeah. I think this is saved by the actors alone, the 63 one, because I didn't find it scary, but the performances were that good. It's all on their shoulders. Yeah. And so I would give it approval, but just barely. Okay. Whereas, but then there's the 99 one, which star studded. I haven't seen. I know, the new one has Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson. Oh, the hype was huge around this movie. Yeah. And it was horrible. This is a black hole for me. I was, yeah. I was not in Don't the country. Don't see it. Don't see it. Unless you want a bad movie to watch. I may. You maybe watch a couple bad ones for this. Okay, yeah, that's true. But not approved. Yeah, I, I can't approve it because I haven't seen it and I've heard nothing bad. And it was nominated for five Razzie Awards, the new one, but it lost all five awards to Wild Wild West. Oh. <laughs> now we have The House on Haunted Hill. Which sounds like the other ones, but is not. Well, it's confusing because you have The Haunting and then you have The Haunting of Hill House, which yes. comes from and then The House of Haunted Hill. Yeah. So there is both the 1959 version and the 1999 version. Another 1999 remake of a 60s or 50s horror. So movie. it's similar, but in the original, a millionaire offers $10,000 to five people who will stay the night. And in the remake, a rich man offers $1 million and to spend the night. the only oh, difference yeah. between the two. Oh, yeah. wait, no, it's not. Because well, the yeah. original one had Vincent Price in it. And it's this kind of, this, the movie terrified me as a child. And that's why it's on my horror movie training that we yeah. talked about before. Is it just for like the jump scares that you see? Yeah. I mean, the, the madness oh, that happens. Oh, man. There's the one jump scare that gets me every time with mm-hmm. the old woman. But I still on enjoy it as an adult. I feel like this this is an atmosphere of Halloween. This is the classic, you know, organ music, candle lights, skeletons coming out of acid kind of movie <laughs> that you love as a kid. So hmm. I, I feel like this was one that I enjoyed as a kid. I still enjoy as an adult. The original 1959 one, I'm giving this a passing grade. It's not a great movie, but the camp value is so good yes. that it's a, it's a winning movie for Vin- sure. Vincent Price and uh, the woman who plays his wife, uh, Carol or something, uh, they banter so well yes. that I just I highly enjoy it. And I have not seen the remake. Oh, you haven't. No, this once again. It's kind of necessary. So I do give approval for the original, but I also give approval for the remake as well. You know, it has Chris Kattan in it. I know. And he is. He's funny, but he's box office poison. He he kind of is. And he's in like the worst part of the movie, which is the end of the movie. It kind of falls apart. But the movie before that 
is kind of terrifying because it's got the early, the late 90s, early 2000s ghost that moves all staticky. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's not pleasing, but it's scary. Yeah, this is uh, got uh, Jeffrey Rush, Famke Jensen, Tay Diggs, Ali Larder, Bridget Wilson. Holy cow, this is a late 2000s movie. movie. Jeffrey Rush does a great Vincent Price, though. Yeah? It's, It's pretty fun to watch. Okay. I might check it out then. Now we have from 1961, The Innocents. A young governess for two children becomes convinced that the house and the grounds are haunted. This is based on the 1898 novella The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. That's it. So this is the adaptation, which was then ad- adapted a lot, Yes, apparently. And this is a very simple story. It's a, Yeah, this woman goes there and, and the kids are acting weird and you're like, what's up with these kids? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's impressive visually. There's an atmosphere that is beautiful and Would unsettling. you say it's off-putting in all the right and wrong ways? I'd say it's off-putting... I felt like the performances were a little melodramatic. Mm-hmm. And it is the 60s, though. Yeah. That's what I, they have to do. I, I appreciate this movie. I didn't like it. I'm not giving it a passing grade. I will give it a passing grade because it left me feeling chilly. Icky. Yeah, icky. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a win for me. He's got some scary moments, though. How about 2009's The Haunting in Connecticut? After a family is forced to relocate for their son's health, they begin experiencing supernatural behavior in their new home and uncover sinister history. This movie is otherwise known as Forgettable. I forgot that I watched it. Yes, precisely. We had, we had a whole conversation. I was like, I don't think I've seen A Haunted Connecticut. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, no, I've rated that. This is one of those that actually shows like ectoplasm yeah. in movies that isn't, you know, like in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's creepy looking. There's it's, some interesting visuals. There's annoying jump outs the whole, like in the movie. Yeah. It, it's disturbing images, but I don't know. If you want scary, like I said, watch the haunting episode. That was actually scary to me. This one I watched, I don't know. Yeah, the story behind it's scary. Yeah. And the uh, the name of the sequel is also scary because it's called <laughs> The Haunting Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. Because you know Connecticut's in Georgia. <laughs> Why? That's Why? better than the second story. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, so no on for both of you? That's you? a no. Yeah, no. Now it's The Innkeepers, 2011. During the final days at an inn, two employees determined to reveal the hotel's haunted past begin to experience disturbing events as old guests check in for a stay. And this stars Sarah Paxton uh, and Kelly McGillis is in this as yep. well. This is just like this little secret movie that not many people have seen. Yeah. And I, I think I described it as part indie comedy, part horror movie because it has yeah. this kind of quirky, fun feel to it. But knows how to get scary. But there are some chilling moments. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of scares in horror movies are boo and then it's over. This has one where it's like, boo, and the ghost is still there. It did not disappear, and you just have to deal with the fear that you're feeling. Approved. I This was a funny one because I rented this one. It was you know when I did Netflix DVDs. This one actually came after Halloween. And a couple days after Halloween, it finally arrived. And then I got it. And I was like, well, I might as well watch it. But I was out of the Halloween mood. Sure. So it <laughs> it felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> like really? I was just like, oh, I'm not in the mood anymore. This it's feels not weird. the season. Yeah. But uh, I, I approve this one as well. This is a fun one. Mm, little hidden gem. Yes. A little dark, little hidden gem. Little dark hidden gem. Now from 2007, The Messengers. An ominous darkness invades a seemingly serene sunflower farm. Wow. Alliteration in North Dakota. <laughs> and the Solomon family is torn apart by suspicion, mayhem, and murder. So basically, there's more seemingly serene sunflower, mayhem Solomon suspicion. Bless you. And this has uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart's in this one. She's this is her starring role in a horror movie. Gross. <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not good. It's the, the, the 
I think the trailer sold it well, and then the movie didn't pay off. The, that's the thing is, it just the movie relies on sudden noises. That's what it all. That's all it is. Yeah, and I watch movies with subtitles, and when you see sudden noises in that little caption, <laughs> yeah. not very scary. Yeah, the ghosts are, are just basically blurry, bad CGI. Yeah, this is not a good movie. I wouldn't recommend watching The Messengers. How about also from 2007, The Orphanage? A woman brings back her family to her childhood home, which used to be an orphanage for handicapped children. Before long, her son starts to communicate with an in with an invincible new friend. We've talked about this one ad nauseum on the show. We've it's talked about it a couple times. So very good. I talked about the one and done. Yeah. Uh, this is a Spanish movie. It's yes. got subtitles. Whew, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary, heavy, effective. If I were to use all the five, good things. five words to describe this, I'd say creepy, scary, intense, depressing, disturbing. They bought a rights for American remake, but haven't made it yet. I, I don't think so, but... Okay, leave it be. Yeah. It's perfect as is. It's, it's approved, but... Approved. You're going to feel really heavy after this one. Mm-hmm. Now from 2001 is The Others. A woman who lives in her darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that the home is haunted. Now this is a Spanish movie. See. Like they made it in Spain. Like this, oh, they this, did. This became the first uh, film ever, first English language film ever to receive the best film award at the Goyas, which is like Spain's national film awards. So when I first saw this movie, I think I was just like uh, above it. I felt I was and I didn't even like it. I was like, oh, PG-13 horror movie for all the... You know, all the people who can't handle (laughs) R-rated. And I judged the movie, even though it has a very nice... The way the story unfolds is very nice. But throughout time, like, it's aged very well on me, honestly. Yeah. This is one that I watched a lot when it came out because it was mm-hmm. the PG-13 horror movie. You know, I was, right, I was judging you. Yes. And then I'm uh, like, okay, I get it. But we show this at all the parties. We yeah. watch it all together. And it pretty dark ending when you think about it. But very well done. Highly approved for me. Approved. Now it's The Shining, 1980. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, not in Banff, though, in the Stanley Hotel, where a sinister presence influences the father into violence. This is directed by Stanley Kubrick. We've talked about this on our Stephen King show. I know you guys find this movie overrated, but... No. Overrated. You're crazy. If you don't give this an approval, like, that will be one of the worst mistakes you've made. It deserves your approval at the very least, Joel. Of course I'm going to approve it. Okay. You know, I said... You know, I get nervous sometimes. Yeah. Of course, this is one where I I think the movie's well done, but it keeps making, like, scariest movie of all time. Yeah. Best horror film of all time. And I'm like, I Mm. like it. Imagery is terrifying. I agree on the overrated, but it's obviously... It's still good. It is good. It's really good. Yeah. It's just... I don't think it reaches the heights that the the pop culture is... Because they always say, like, The Exorcist, The Shining, these are the movies. I think they're just easy go-tos. Jack Nicholson gets all the love, but Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah. So good in that movie. I'm Mm -hmm. Shelley Duvall. (laughs) Fairytale Theater. (laughs) Approved. Approved. I also approve it. Hey, I've seen this one. Yeah. From 2009, The Uninvited. Anna returns home after a stint in a mental hospital, but her recovery is jeopardized by her cruel stepmother and ghastly visions of her dead mother. This one is a remake of A Tale of Two Sisters, which is a Korean horror film from mm-hmm. a couple of years previous. And A Tale of Two Sisters is very scary. Very scary. The Uninvited is not. I'm going to give this one a passing grade only because, the, yes, it had issues with pacing and, and the plot was kind of contrived. Mm-hmm. But I got creeped out a couple of times and the twist got me. Okay. And so, I get that. Yeah. So not approved, Kent. Not approved. approved, Joel. Yes. All right. Now, The Woman in Black from 2012. Ah, uh, when Daniel Radcliffe was trying to get out of Harry Potter. <laughs> Boy, it was sure <laughs> distracting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying there's no chance for him? Uh, no. Just this was like, you, you, he was so Harry Potter when he moved to this movie. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, a young solicitor, Harry Potter, travels to a remote <laughs> village where he discovers that the vengeful ghost of a scorned woman is terrorizing the locals. Also, it, I, I was watching this, like, trying to imagine Daniel Radcliffe as an adult, and it just wasn't working. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. why, why would he be hired for anything? He's, 14. He's a child. He's married? What? No. Uh, this is a paint-by-numbers horror movie. You know what you're getting. You can see the jumps. The jump stairs coming from a mile away. The Some atmosphere is great. It's great. It visually great. Like in that regard. Like but like you said, set design. It's uh, oh here comes a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Oh another I, one. Great. And I kept waiting for him to blast all the ghosts with his wand. Just you know, <laughs> Expelliarmus. Well, why would he use that on a ghost? <laughs> Come on, expecto patronum, Kent. Good heavens. Uh, I'm giving this one a barely passing. Okay, I can't. Okay, that's fine then. Yeah. I'm fine being split in this one because it wasn't like great movie, but yeah. I also not approve this. I didn't really. It, like people it. do like this movie though. I, I just thought it was. I thought it was dull. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, and I don't even watch these movies that often. So it should get to me, and it didn't. Now it's thirteen ghosts and or, thirteen ghosts or thirteen ghosts. So the 1961 and the 1990 no 2001 remake. Yeah. So I'm gonna give the description for the 2001 remake. It's the only one I've seen. That's fine. But when Cyrus Criticos, a very rich collector of unique things, dies, he leaves house and fortune to his nephew and his family. I wonder if this is the same plot. While they're inside, they find they are not alone. Is that similar? Basically, family inherits a house, and then they have these special glasses that allow them to see. In the original, too. In the original. Because it was this process called illusiono, <laughs> where they used... It wasn't It wasn't like a 3D thing. They had... like a, You get these red and blue glasses, and then if you look through the blue side, you couldn't see the ghost. You put look at the red side, you could see the ghost. And they would tell you at different parts of the movie... Oh, we better put on our glasses. Our like, illusion. Are they trying to sell illusional glasses? No, I think National just, Treasure? Yeah, kind of, but no. Uh, tell, I, tell me about the original then. Did, the ri- is it good? Yeah, it's 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 hokey. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is just one of those kind of campy 1960 ghost movies. But it is fun to watch. I'm going to give it a passing grade for that because I remember watching it as a kid and enjoying it. Uh-huh. And even though I didn't have the glasses, it was still fun to watch. So the remake is one of the most cliched horror movies of its era. Mm. And Matthew Lillard is the main, well, the main star. He's a psychic in the movie and he's featured prominently. But this movie is like walking through a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Like there are memorable creatures. Mm-hmm. The ghosts here are great. What a waste of good ghosts. Uh, yes and no. Because I think the experience is so fun to go through, kind of like you said with Ghost Ship, but it, instead it's about a young family, and there's not really much death here. What? Yeah. Not many people actually die in this movie. Well... Except for the beginning scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple... But I do think the, the ghosts here really sell it, and you're right. The ghosts here are better than the product itself, and the, the ending editing, falls apart. The editing makes it look oh. like a 2000s anti-piracy ad. <laughs> It's just like flash, flash. It was the like ghost. watching anime for me. I kind of—I didn't know ghosts that caused that, caused that many sparks when they hit things. <laughs> but Joel, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> flash, flash. But you would get scratched by the jackal. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give this passing, but ironically what? passing. Yeah, yeah, because it to me is a fun experience. No, I'm not giving this one a passing one. Yeah, okay, no, I get it. I understand why. It's the, the, the ghosts were terrifying, but the the plot was overly complicated. The yeah. acting was so goofy. Mm-hmm. And I guess But Tony Shalhoub, Monk is in it. I like him in Monk. <laughs> Finally, we have Winchester 2018. Ensconced in her sprawling San Jose, California mansion, eccentric firearm heiress Sarah Winchester believes she is haunted by the souls of people killed by the Winchester repeating rifle. We talked about this two weeks ago mm-hmm. when we the, actually the, talked about the, the mansion. mansion. Yeah. And the uh, whatever they did to adapt this into a movie did not work. No. And I love Helen Mirren. 
No, because they don't focus on her. They focus on uh, Jason, Jason Clark. Clark's character the yeah. whole time. And I'm like, I want to know more about Sarah Winchester. Mm-hmm. This was probably the dullest horror movie Agreed. I've seen. Yeah. I, I fell asleep. I literally fell asleep watching this. Uh, Had to wake up and then try to watch it again because I was just done. This yeah. is not a good movie. I hate that we're ending on this one. I know it's true, but it's not approved. Not approved. Well, you approved most of this list, so I think that's okay. I would say it's like the highest rate of approval for yeah. the shows we've done like this. Probably. Definitely more than Witches. Yeah. Um, take, but, a, take a breath, gentlemen. You just went through a lot of movies very quickly. You did. <laughs> but yes, like we said, we're going to put this approved list on uh, patreon.com. So patrons can see which movies we approved and which movies we didn't approve. We know we didn't cover them all. We're saving some for later and some we just didn't get. So let us know if we missed any that you like that you would recommend. Or if you've had any sort of uh, real-life haunting experiences, we want to hear about that as well on on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. This is our last (laughs) Halloween episode of the season, so we want to make sure we we squeeze as much spooky out of it as we can. So let us know. Interact with us. Keep this going, at least until, you know, the 31st. Absolutely. But before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons. So from the I Am The Listener category, we have Lady Terry Finley, Shannon West, Chris Drought, Sean Sanquist, Bacon Council Member Wannabe Kyler, Jennifer Kilkowski, Braden Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, Lowclan Daniel, Sir and Madam Hicks, Adam and Rachel Crump, Allison Gall, Rocky and Steph, and Scott Sprague. Mm. And from our baking council, we have Nick Knack 40 Wax, Chris Anderson, Ryan and Marley Farron, Stephen Ross, Mots, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, our favorite couple the Madsons, Beaker, and the Reverse Listener. Thank you so much, Thank patrons. you, patrons. We appreciate you and hope your houses aren't haunted. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quickwits. They perform Saturday nights at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to QWCom.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale on your social media. Go ahead and like that Facebook page and stop by at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, go to tpublic.com slash bacon sale, where guess what? You can get yourself a Team Zach shirt. Team Zach shirts Ooh, are available. Finally, I made it on the show. <laughs> Welcome, officially. Team, thank you. tpublic.com slash bacon sale. And then if you like what's going on here and you want to support the show further, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon sale, where support starts at just three bucks a month. So until next time. A German word. Ardennes. Ardennes. Is that a sad, it's evil a laugh? sad, evil laugh. How, how often can we talk about Patrick Swayze? Let's talk about home ghosts. Ah, possessions next year. A body girl standing movies. behind you right now. Stop it right now. Uh, Pliny. Oh, see, I'm seriously was thinking about boats, mm-hmm. but I'm big on energy, like in in the world. Because you've been drinking that Red Bull all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, sorry. I thought I thought it was Christina Ricci for a second. Like, like pay people. forty dollars to get scared by a drama kid. Why are there no caveman ghosts? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Where are the caveman <laughs> ghosts? Floating ghosts. That's one thing you're used to. That, but if he starts hopping or dancing, yeah, a little ghost I'm out. jig. I'm out. I don't want to see it. See you, demons. Ha-ha! Dad jokes. My imaginary friend told me that I should have Skittles for breakfast. 
I don't like rotting meat. Hashtag blame the spoon. Father. <laughs> Save it for the herbs and spices show, but I, I'd like you to go. Where were you a couple weeks ago when it was crawling on my hand? I was laughing at you squealing. <laughs> Talentless ghosts. It's Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> obviously a ghost. We can be negative. Finally, <laughs> finally negative on bacon cell. So, you walk away with a fear of cement. Kirkland success. Oh, I'm falling apart. So sorry, so sorry for scaring you. Sorry, it's, it's not weird. the season. Oh. What? Oh, hey, man. Nope. That's not Skeletor.